0: Disney! Yes, my-
1: Children of all ages, welcome to another episode of White Lion and Friends. We are hope you are doing well. This is now episode six, and we are going to talk some professional wrestling today. I have got my Floyd and Savior, uh, a legend in my eyes, Floyd Johnson Jr. How are you, sir?
0: I am doing absolutely well, I just got back from Chicago, uh, what was it, the, yesterday, or the day before yesterday, I'm actually confused, uh, but I just got back from Chicago at Revolution, actually went to a Comic Con that weekend, it's called C2E2, it
1: was all around good time yeah, you, you are actually my hero, literally, to go to these all these shows. I mean, it's easier for you because you're in the States, obviously. But, um, yeah, just to explain that we are on a what a six-hour time difference at the moment. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, it's currently 2 p.m., just outside of London, England. And you are, what, 8 a.m.? 8
0: a.m., just outside of 8 a.m.
1: Well, there we go. There we go. So I appreciate your time for coming on anyway. Uh, like I say, you are a legend in my eyes. Um, I like to start with just kind of explaining on how like I know these people essentially. So, if I'm not mistaken, we met what WrestleMania 34? Yep, um, on Rusev Day, I believe. I think we met in the queue for Rusev. I, I we, like did. I we did, um, yeah, because you're or you were like a mutual of um Steve, who has also been on here before, and Glian. Um and then I yep. kind of met you met you through those. So this uh crazy world of wrestling that we all love and stuff, but um we've made some of the best friends through it. So uh
0: um, Yeah, I yeah. affectionately call them Gleave. The what, sorry? I said I call them Gleave because they're one person.
1: Oh, of course, yeah. Gleave, yeah. I was gonna say you never <laughs> see one without the other.
0: <laughs> I don't yeah. think I've
1: ever seen one of them on their own. I think they always yeah. come together. But yeah, no, nah, they're like Two cool guys and cool dudes either way. So, um, yeah, good time. So, um, okay. So, let's start talking about some wrestling, shall we? I want to go back a little while, actually. So, I'm, the way I'm going to do this, because there's like, so like just as a little disclaimer, Floyd is a massive AEW fan. Um, would you stand by that standpoint?
0: I, I, I stand by it. I'm about as massive as you can get. Yeah, he is.
1: <laughs> He is the man when it comes to AEW. So we will. Um, this podcast will probably predominantly be AEW chat, to be honest. But um, so I just want to go back a week. So um, AEW Dynamite last week, I believe, was in Kansas City.
0: Yes, and I was there.
1: Exactly. That's where I was going with that. Um, just a quick one, crank. Congratulations to your Chiefs. I don't know anything about the NFL, but I know that you won. So um, congratulations on
0: that. Yes, (laughs) I have been a fan for 26 years. And for 26 years, my team had never even been to the Super Bowl. So for us to win it all was, I remember, I don't know how much you keep up with football there, but like a team a few years ago, like came out of nowhere to win uh, the Premier League. Yes, Um, Leicester
1: City. Um, yes. A few, a few years back, um, just won it out of the blue. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, basically, you the, Chiefs winning, it, yeah, the Chiefs winning is like Leicester City winning.
1: Oh, okay, that's interesting. So, you don't fancy yourselves to win it next year? <laughs> that's it, a uh, one and
0: done deal? Well, in the NFL, once you, you, you when you get a quarterback, which is like the main position, you usually can be in it for a very long time. We have an elite quarterback. so. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, when you hear like, I mean, like I said, I don't want to sound too ignorant, but towards NFL, when you hear about it, you always hear about the quarterback as if like, you know, that's the biggest deal. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, oh, so you think you're going to do all right for a little while longer, do
0: you? We're going to do all right. I'm not going to say we're going to win the Super Bowl. I am personally, I and People don't believe me when I say this. I've waited so long for them to win the Super Bowl. I'm actually good. If we get to another one, great. If have you not, ever,
1: um, have you ever like contemplated? Do Do you go to watch, um, American football? Because you support oh, yeah. other. Yeah, I was gonna say you've got a team in Oklahoma, right? That you support.
0: There is a college football team in Oklahoma called OU. I do not support any of the teams in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So Kansas, how far is Kansas from you then? Uh, about five and a half hours
1: oh wow wow because um, i haven't got a map in front of me so i was just wondering yeah, where i see on your on your so facebook a lot. northeast oh okay so i see on your facebook a lot that you're always traveling here there and everywhere to go to all these shows and things so i'm like where the bloody hell do you actually live so um yeah interesting time so AEW uh, dynamite was in kansas city last week how was yeah. the show
0: it was a, it was a great show. Uh, it started with uh, Kenny Omega versus Pac in an Iron Man match, and was so cool. uh, it was probably if n- not for Cody and Dustin, it probably would be the greatest singles match in AEW history because it was that good. Uh, I think Meltzer had it over a five. Uh, if if people if y'all don't hate Meltzer, but he had it over to five. I had it as a five star match personally. It was just one of those matches. It was Kenny Omega. It was New Japan Kenny. It was the you know it was the the uh, five star uh, five star match of the year, Kenny. You know that The guy. cleaner. The, the cleaner. cleaner. Yeah, and and Pac is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I, I, he he's one of those things he gets left out of the conversation a lot, but he should be in everyone's conversation as best wrestler in the world. He's probably the best uh, I don't know how you say this. Sometimes when you're a heel and you're a really good wrestler, it's hard for you to actually be heel because people are like, you're such a good wrestler, people cheer for you anyway. Pac is so good at his character he's a he's a still an amazing wrestler, but he can still get people to boo him which is
1: rare. he is he is the bastard after all so um i mean does does the word bastard mean like anything different where you are because over here it's kind of a light swear word it isn't like a a big like a heavy deal so I think that's why he's kind of i mean, it's, it's more, I more mean, comical. It's one of
0: those things it's like when you're in the south it's a cuss word you don't say it you know but you know honestly it's one of those that has over time kind of lost its effect on people
1: <laughs> fair enough i think that is the modern world as well when you see tv and stuff it's so leery now we would call it um yeah no i uh i did what i've been watching dynamite every week actually like um if anyone's listening to these shows i mean we don't talk about it a whole lot i guess because um, I'm only doing these shows kind of like every so often, like after the pay-per-view sort of thing. So I talk about it when it comes to a, to a head, if you know what I mean, or to an end. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, last week's um, dynamite with the opening match being that Iron Man match. I I felt like that was a a main event on any pay-per-view, like in the world. You know, that's how good it was. You know, yeah. I, I'm I'm not a, a star rating guy and I really don't care for Meltzer just because he ruins everything as far as I'm concerned <laughs> when it comes to like spoilers and stuff or like plans. He just loves to ruin my fun with it. So I'm not really a, a five-star type guy, but yeah, that's, it's up there. You know, it was, it was definitely a very, very good one. So, um, yeah. and I, I, I didn't call the winner really as well. Cause I was like, Hmm. Um, and when it went to kind of like overtime, it made me think like it kind of threw me back to, um, you know, like Brett versus Sean, you know, of like in terms of Iron Man sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. Or, definitely. Um, but it only what it only went like what, maybe a minute over the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was almost like a sudden
1: death in football yeah. or soccer terms. It would be like a golden goal type deal where it was like went into overtime but then ended fairly quickly. But but yeah, it was a definitely a cool match. So um, I have to say actually from that dynamite episode, I could see you on my T V. <laughs> i i knew you were going but i wasn't kind of um consciously looking for you but um you went with tiffany right yep i went
0: with my girl tiffany all elite tiffany and all elite. yeah yeah uh, she is uh she had an epic night to say the least i don't know if you've seen the video
1: i've seen the video um so for people that don't know who tiffany is how do i put this she is if not for floyd She is the most hardcore, um, supportive, I want to say, because I feel like that's a key word, supportive, um, fan of all elite wrestling, like from the get go. Um, and she is a massive supporter of the Nightmare for that family and the elite as well. So, um, I've seen the video, and do you just want to explain because you were there, like, do you want to explain how it kind of went down? Um, yes.
0: So, we were sitting, we were sitting fourth row. And uh we got the end the show ended and they start recording dark. Well, I've been a couple other dynamite. So I know after the show, Cody usually comes out. So I told her and she's like, well, I just want to try to get it close to the uh, close so I can get a selfie with Cody. So she knows everyone. I mean, like the security guards, the people selling uh, merch, everyone. She knows everyone. So she goes up to Sam, he's from Atlas, and she's like, Well, can I get up close to here? So when Cody comes out. So Sam's like, uh, yeah. And then he calls to the back. And, you know, I guess they have a conversation. He's like, Yeah, I want you to stay right here. And and we don't, we have no idea what's gonna go on. Well, after dark, Cody and the nightmare family comes out like they normally do. And they throw out merch and everything. It's just the normal things that they do at the end of the show. And they said, We want to do one last match. So we need someone to be in one last match. And everybody's yelling for everybody get in, the, you know, get their friends to get in the ring, me, me, me kind of thing. And he's like, Well, we have a special AEW super fan. So as soon as they said AEW super fan, I started reaching for my phone because I knew who they were talking about. <laughs> you, didn't was, think it was, you didn't think it was going to be you then? <laughs> no, I never thought it was going to be me. I, I I'm going to be 100% honest. I it's not something I even want to do. You know what I mean? Fair Just, enough, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like it's not it's not in my desire list. If you asked me, like my wrestling dream, it would be to have like a conversation with Cody, not about wrestling. <laughs> That's it. Well, what would you talk about? <laughs> no, like TV, movies, you know, just anything. Stuff normal. Stuff normal people talk about. Just have a <laughs> a regular, non-hero worship conversation with them. What he was doing a zombie <laughs> apocalypse. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's like, like that's it. But that's that's kind of how I am. I kind of want to know, like wrestlers as people. I've always that's always fascinated me because there are these. Comic book character, Greek gods, kind of things. I just want to know, like, hey, do you hate when people like take too long in lines at fast food restaurants or something? You know, that weird <laughs> shit, you know? But, uh, that's
1: brilliant. I love
0: that. Yeah. So, uh, he, he says that and he gives like the, uh, true introduction, like, she is the heart of the elite and they bring her in the ring. I mean, and she's like, she didn't even remember everything happening at the moment because she was just living in a moment. So she's going to wrestle Brandon Cutler. And Justin Roberts gives her probably the greatest introduction a fan could ever get. She, he says she is truly the heart and soul of all elite wrestling. And, yeah, so Brandy gives uh, Cutler a stunner. She pins him, and she is undefeated in AEW.
1: <laughs> one and zero, she is undefeated. Um, yes, wow!
0: It was just a moment of, oh, uh, it was a great moment. I truly can say I don't think it's one of those things she deserves it, and like to me, no one else does. Like if they did it again, I'm like that would actually annoy me because she's the only one that I know. Like like I am a super fan. I've been to literally every pay per view. I've been to four Dynamites. I've done it. You know, I've done it, but I don't like that's not something I desire. But for her, it was everything to her. It was the moment of her life. I'm like, I mean, I I got to hear about it on the, you know, taking her home. It was just I was just ecstatic, you know, like it was like those things that you just want, you know, good, good things to happen to good people
1: absolutely yeah um so I mean I don't I don't know her I've never met Tiffany um but I kind of uh, like I've followed her story if if that makes any sense because I know that you guys travel together when you go to these shows so um I see on Twitter or other social medias and stuff that you know you two are really tight and you know I've I've become and where I listen to your show as well um which I'm sure you'll give a shout out for for later but um when I've listened to your show as well she sounds like a really sweet person and, um, like you say, good things happening to good people, you know, you can't, um, can't go wrong with that kind of mantra. So yeah, very big congratulations to Tiffany. So, um, is this building towards her double or nothing rematch or is
0: she done? I, I, I hope so. I even said, I was like, I don't know if they'll, I definitely don't think they'll do it, but I was like, man, an added touch. A perfect thing is this week when the AEW rankings come out on Wednesday. If she's like five,
1: <laughs> so she's actually like ahead of people that are getting paid to do this. I, yeah. well, I noticed yeah. what you said about like Justin Roberts' intro as well. He could put more effort into her intro than he did for like half of the
0: show. <laughs> I know. Yes, yes. That he 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 made it memorable, dude. Justin and Justin is amazing. Like if he you is, ever, yeah. Yeah, if you ever just meet him, like, backstage or whatever, he is the most, like, polite, happy person you'll ever meet. You would never think, you know, he's on national TV every day because he just treats you just like a normal human.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. So, kind of, it's kind
1: of weird. Yeah, I've met him once, like, in passing, like, ages ago. I can't even remember when it was. It was at a WrestleMania of some sort, but I can't even remember what one. It wasn't like it wasn't a, an opportunity to get like a photo or anything. He literally just walked straight past me and said hello. But, yeah, he seemed like a nice guy either way. so
0: Yeah, he yeah. was announcing like shows and like gyms in Oklahoma. And then after he get through announcing, he just walk around and talk to people. <laughs>
1: Keeps himself entertained, I
0: suppose. It was just like he was such a normal person.
1: <laughs> I wonder what the life and times are like of a, of a ring announcer. Because they still oh. put in the travel schedule, you know. They're still following this this crazy world of wrestling around the globe. And you think that like, they're not taking a single bump.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a very attractive man in person, too. I have to give that to him. It's just okay. like a good-looking <laughs> dude.
1: I, di- I mean, I didn't see that coming, to be honest. But there you go. Floyd has I, a thing for uh, Justin Roberts. So you heard that. I here first.
0: have a thing for Justin Roberts. Let me tell you, he's attractive. I can just say a man's attractive, but, you know, if you want to talk about who I have a thing for, we can, we're going to talk about WWE soon. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, let's move on then slightly. So that was, um, yeah, I just wanted to mention Kansas because um, it looked like you had, like, the best time. In fact, I couldn't even keep up with everything that you've been doing over the last kind of week. I haven't been able to keep up with. I've been like, hang on a minute, he's back on another plane. <laughs> I'm like, where is he going? Um, but, yeah, anyway. Um, one place you didn't fly to was Saudi Arabia. See what I did there.
0: I did not, you know (laughs) what? Yeah, I did not go to that one.
1: Um, so super showdown, the mess that was where do we start with this? I feel like we have to start at the epicenter of the worst. For me, the worst part of this show was the main event. Um, Bill versus the fiend Bray Wyatt. Um, have you watched the show?
0: I did watch the show, and uh, yeah, uh, I am a, I, I will say this, I'm a 30-year 30, 30 WWE fan, you know me, I won't, I won't, I always say I won't ever give up on WWE. That You
1: main are,
0: event, a, you are that like broke, the
1: fourth member of the New Day in terms of power of positivity, you
0: know? Yes, yes, I try to stay positive, but that, that main event broke me, I, I, <laughs> uh, it did. <laughs> oh gosh. Um
1: yeah. There's no way that uh, like this is why I thought it'd be fun to have you on, because there's no I was like, there's no way Floyd can talk this up. Absolutely no way. Um Oh my goodness me. Um three minutes. Three minutes of absolute atrociousness. So um I mean I'm kind of over it now because it's been like a week. But um,
0: at the time I was absolutely human. I was so angry. Um I- yeah. I missed- I missed my first episode of SmackDown in about 10 years. Like, completely missed it. Like, didn't watch it later or anything. Because I was like... Out, I'm out done. Of principle. Yeah, I was like, I'm done with SmackDown as long as Goldberg's champ.
1: Well, fair <laughs> enough. Well, he's going to be champ till Mania, so you're not going to watch one till Mania now.
0: Yeah. You're just going to... Yeah, you know I you know what? I watched clips, you know, later, and it was just like, uh, yeah... It was, everything everything you've done with The Fiend seems like a complete waste of time now. Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah. Now, I was just going to say quick, are you going to the go-home show in in Tampa, the last SmackDown?
0: I am not. I am going to be at uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break. Has that been renamed from the penis
1: party, or is that something
0: else? No, the penis party was Joey Ryan's show.
1: Oh, okay. Over My bad. Two
0: different shows. But uh Joey Janello's spring break is at eight PM on Friday night, so it'll be during SmackDown.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I echo your sentiments though, really. I mean, I've been a massive Bray Wyatt fan from the get go. And he has just been like let down on every every turn, essentially. You know, like he just can't they just won't let him do anything, you know. And the fact that with this whole fiend character as well, that was his invention. You know, he's reinvented himself again. He's come back as something amazing that the fans are really liking. I know with some fans it had started to call cool off a little bit. But, I mean, for me personally, I was still buzzing about it. I still really liked it. But, um, oh, my goodness me. I, I called it as well, right? I don't know if you remember, but I put on my Facebook, like, as soon as John Cena was announced for the SmackDown the day later, I put up, like, oh, I'm worried that The Fiend loses his title now. And people had yep. said to me, like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, I just had this idea that The Fiend was going to face John Cena at WrestleMania. You know, I just, that was the idea that I had in my head. So um, when they announced that Bill was going to face um, Bray at Saudi, I was just worried from the get-go, you know? So I, I was kind of, and that's, I think that's why I got more angry about it, because I was right. <laughs> and I hate being right. I like being surprised, you know? And I like having my head turned rather than be like, oh, shit, I got that one right you know, so, um, but yeah, this was absolutely terrible. Um, so it was a couple of spears. Um, Goldberg didn't take a bump. He took what two mandible claw attempts, um, didn't take a bump sprung back up again and tried to do the jackhammer and did a suplex instead. So, um, yeah, I actually showed this match to my dad and, um, (laughs) Even he said it was dreadful, and he knows nothing about wrestling. I uh, showed him, like, the Goldberg jackhammer from back in the day, and then showed him the sound he won. And in his words was, he just dropped him, you know? So it looked, looked so dangerous. And he, he really tried to line him up properly, and they really tried to get it right just to mess it up again, you know? So it was um, pretty yeah. terrible. Pretty
0: terrible. So uh, I after this match, I heard a comparison. They was like all these AEW people talking about Goldberg being old, Chris Jericho's like old too. And I was like, what the fuck? And I actually put out a tweet that got really like blew up. I literally never had a tweet go off like this. What happened is I just woke up Saturday morning and I just hit like like I read a post and it just put me in an annoyed mood. So I've, I put up a post and it says Chris Jericho's 48. Now let me clarify. I now know he's actually 49, not 48. But Chris Jericho's 48 and Bill Goldberg's 53 are not the same. Jericho is a full-time wrestler who is still entertaining. Goldberg is old in a shell of his former self. Similar ages does not mean similar skill. No, I couldn't (laughs) agree. You know, you got that back on. Yeah, so I was like, I loved Goldberg in 99, 2000. I actually loved, I actually loved WD, his WWE run. Goldberg was nothing I had ever seen before, and you know, you know how positive I am. I'm going to be honest. I loved Goldberg in WCW. I loved the streak. I loved him beating Hulk Hogan. Uh, I got pissed when he lost the title, and then the Finger of Pokemon Doom happened. I was into Goldberg. I want that clear. But the thing about Goldberg, he was explosive and he was bigger, he was stronger, he was faster than everybody. He was a phenom. I actually seen, I actually seen on the show him jackhammer, a seven foot, almost four hundred-pound man. So I'm telling you, impressive. He was everything teenage Floyd could ever want in a wrestler, right? <laughs>
1: That would, have been, um, that would have been a big show huh? as well, for, I wouldn't
0: have. Yeah, yeah he, he, he <laughs> jackhammered the big show. Yeah. So that being said, all that being said, I never thought that I would still be watching Goldberg wrestle in 2020. Yeah. 21 years later. He was old when he started wrestling. You know what I mean? So he was older than a normal person. The thing that made Goldberg special was his speed, his power, his explosiveness. That's what made Goldberg special. I have now seen tons of people do the jackhammer, tons of people do the spear at the level or better than Goldberg. Right. So we get to this match and he's he looks tired when he gets out to the ring. His spears are slow. And in his jackhammer, he barely gets the guy over. It was more of a suplex. Everything that made Goldberg special is gone. Literally all he is left is a shell of himself and a name. And I'm sorry. I ask this question all the time. Why does Vince McMahon hate his current wrestling roster? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love that. Literally, you were having me in stitches as you were talking through that. I mean, I've, I've never even been a fan of Goldberg. At least you can say you were a fan at one point. I've hated him forever. I literally cannot get behind Goldberg whatsoever. You can't yeah. say that. You can't even say though that you supported the um, WrestleMania 33 build
0: when he squashed Kevin Owens. You can't stand up but, for that as well, can no, you? no, no, I didn't. I, I hated it. I yeah. hated it. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho were supposed to be that the universal title match at WrestleMania. And that's what it should have been. I, I am not, you know, like I said, Oldberg is not my favorite. And it's just like, it's just he's slow and he's not as strong. And it's just like when you're Ric Flair and you're Shawn Michaels and you're Chris Jericho and you get older and you adjust and you're really good in the ring, you can make people forget how old you are. But when you're Goldberg, and your whole thing was that you were this physical freak, and you're not that physical freak anymore, I don't want to watch you. This is not coming from a smart. This is coming from a person that is entertained by wrestling, and you never was like, you don't know nothing, you've never been in the ring. But my eyes work. I can tell when a man moves slower. <laughs> I can tell when a man can't lift what he could lift before.
1: My well, no, eyes come work. down to that. <laughs> come on, sorry, carry on, carry on. I'm enjoying this. Carry I'm just on. saying.
0: I'm just saying. Wrestlers act like we can't see. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't need to have taken a bump to tell that this man is significantly slower than he used to be. <laughs> yeah he looks like i mean he's a really in shape 50 year old man i would take goldberg's physique in my 38 year old body right now but i'm also not a professional wrestler and
1: yeah he shouldn't I,
0: be anymore either
1: i think as well you can see the fact that he's not taking bumps suggests that he that he can't you know and it's like i i just feel like sorry for everyone else that works for the company because you think yes. Vince, Vince McMahon has panicked essentially and gone, oh shit, what are we going to do for WrestleMania? Oh, let's let's call Bill back for no reason whatsoever. You know, <laughs> it's oh, it's just so so disappointing. Yeah. And like, if if like, I'm just going to put this out of there now. If anyone's listening to this and you're chanting Goldberg in an arena or a stadium, you're the problem. <laughs> you know. Because otherwise they're not going to bring him back. If he gets booed out of the building and not in a storyline capacity, but a genuine, you know, a go away heat type boo, he's not going to come back, is he? They're not going to say, oh, actually, he's a good idea. You know, he's not a draw. But if you're tuning into SmackDown each week, just because Goldberg's been announced, and then you're going to also cheer him when you're in attendance, you're the problem. You know, that's how I look at it, really. But I mean, Yeah. yeah, just to echo all your points, really, he looks rough. You know, but then he, he looks good for a 50-year-old man. You know, like my old man said to me the other night when he was watching it with me, like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm a similar sort of age, and I wouldn't mind looking like that." And I was like, "Yeah, but your day
0: job isn't lifting people above your head, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you, that, that's not what you do for a living." Isn't walking around in your underwear, you know, <laughs> yeah. with, with water on you and and in performing at a highly athletic level. Yes. Like I said, it's just one of those things. If you look at the main matches for WrestleMania, you got Goldberg versus The Fiend. I mean, Goldberg versus Roman, so part-timer. John Cena versus The Fiend, again, part-timer. The Undertaker uh, is probably going to be fighting AJ Styles. And it's just like, and then you got Edge versus Randy Orton. Is this 2007? It's worrying, isn't
1: it? You know, that like 10 years from now, um, or even shorter than that, really, when you look at the age of some of them. But 10 years from now, how are you going to build your product? You know, you haven't built any new stars, you know, like we've said it. We said it at about on the back end of 33. That was the year that you say, okay, this person needs to win. That person needs to win. And they didn't do that. You know, like even the fact that Undertaker walked away. WrestleMania 33 was the year that they want you to forget. You know, if you had one of those men in black memory erasers, you know, because the the whole Cena and Nikki thing didn't end up happening. Takers come back more than once after that. You know, it's just a silly. And then, like, the the one that got me the most was Randy Orton going over Bray Wyatt that night. It was just ridiculous. You know, it was such a, you know, it was, I actually don't remember it being a bad
0: mania as such. Like, I enjoyed the whole atmosphere of it. But um, I, I, I truly remember 33. New Day were the host, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, after the Hardys in that match, I felt like the whole show just dropped off the edge of a cliff.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, it's, it was like suicide, wasn't it? It was, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was like, it was fine until that, you know, after that moment, it was like, up into that moment was built very well, it was amazing, and then it was just like, After that, it was stinker after stinker after stinker. Oh, I think the only nice part of the second half may have been Naomi winning the title because she was from Orlando And she got that big pop. But other than that, it was garbage to me.
1: They weren't going to put that on the show either, were they? That was going to be the pre show. Originally, it was only because people started tweeting, you know, give women a chance and all that sort of stuff. That they got on the show, and it was before the main event, I believe. I think it was before the Reigns a match. Uh, yep. I don't know if that's, yeah. I don't know if that's accurate. Probably is. Um, anyway, I don't want to talk about Oldberg anymore. Um, you mentioned Naomi. Let's talk a little bit about Bailey and Naomi then. Um, so they made history. Although we had um, Lacey Evans and Natalia as the first women's match in Saudi, this one was the first one for the title. Um, for me the um the significant differences from the first one is that both women were able to stay in character so where we had hill bailey she came out and she did give a little bit of during towards the crowd which i enjoyed a whole lot more whereas the other one was like oh we're so happy to be here and and wrestle in front of you you know you know we're making history and i I just hated that aspect of it because you know i i I kind of i do respect that not the whole world see things the same. I do understand that. But for me personally, um, I don't want this to come across as racist or whatever, but like me personally, I think they're just, they're backwards. I think their the way of life is just backwards out there, you know? So um, it was nice to see this match though for title. And I quite like the finish where um Bailey used her, her long t-shirt because for some reason they have to wear long t-shirts. I'm not really sure why that is.
0: Um, foreign clothing clothes aren't allowed to the point where it will they will actually kill you exactly right it's just ridiculous so um yeah.
1: they have to wear these long <laughs> which look like triple xls um that they're wearing but bailey used it to her advantage anyway which i liked in the finish um which actually kind of made the match for me a, r- a bit because i was like it was just i thought it was going to be like natty and Lacey, where it was just going to be a match but um, but I actually enjoyed this because it told the story well and it keeps kept them going if you know what I mean. So I have to say actually, I think this was the highlight of the show for me. The show was dead other than that. But um, you got anything to add on that one?
0: Um, let's see. I'm trying to think through the show. The Undertaker's entrance was cool. Just because <laughs> I will say this. Uh, I mean how they set it up. You know with. Uh, them taking out the person, uh, OC taking out uh, Ray, and you're like, "Oh, AJ's gonna win by forfeit." And then it was the Undertaker. Like, I have seen so many WrestleManias and wrestling shows that Undertaker's entrance is old hat. Actually, I once used the Undertaker's entrance to go to the bathroom because I knew everybody would be running out to watch it.
1: I use it every year as my bathroom break. Yeah, cause because
0: um, it's so big and long. So, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so, in, um, in New Orleans at Mania 34, I, I rushed out to the toilet whilst he was coming out. And then when I came back into the stadium, I was like, oh my God, he's not even halfway. <laughs> he
0: yeah. wasn't even halfway down the ramp. It was such a joke. Yeah. I ran, used the restroom, came back, and he was still coming out. It was crazy. Well, <laughs> uh, uh hey, it was, uh, so what I was saying is, but for people there, that some of them might be their first time watching it, it is a spectacle the first time you see it.
1: Yeah, I get that point. Oh, sorry, just to go back to Goldberg. Sorry, I don't mean to keep bringing him up, but this will be the last thing I'll say about him today. But um, he's um he's Pyro um coming out, his entrance, because they fucked it up, didn't they? But yeah. it was hilarious because it couldn't have happened to a more perfect person. So, um yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Good job, yeah.
0: WWE. Yeah, it's it's truly that it's truly this, and it's like I am all about getting paid. I only do my job to get paid. I you know I'm all about it. I'm very open with my boss that I'm only here to get a check. But in my entertainment, I don't like to feel that way about the people I'm watching, and that's how I feel about Goldman.
1: Yeah, for sure. Anywho. We were talking about the AJ and uh, Taker business. So Taker comes out to a match that he wasn't even in and wins it <laughs> and doesn't take the trophy with him. So, um, and the annoying okay. part for me was one choke slam is all it took. And it wasn't even a very good choke slam either. It looked a bit like sloppy and um, oh, it's just extremely disappointing to me, really. And this was the start of the show as well. So I was like, oh, come on. It's got to get better from here, you know, but it was um, it's so disappointing. I know like um, they kind of gave away on Twitter like this was from WWE's um, official Twitter that Undertaker was there, apparently walking around some sort of market as well as if like he's a regular guy with the public. But but yeah, he was announced that he was already there. So everyone kind of knew that he was going to be involved. And I was hoping that the whole AJ Taker thing was wasn't going to happen. Because what you were kind of alluding to earlier, where there's too many part-timers on the show, I
0: was kind yeah. of hoping that this one wasn't going to happen. And um, this is the yeah. one I was. This is the one other uh, that I'm excited about. The reason being, uh, AJ Styles, who I've been a fan for since the first time I ever saw him wrestle in TNA. So I was literally been watching AJ Styles for I think that was 2003, 2002, like. 15 plus years i'll just say that to be safe with the number uh and he was he has been my favorite wrestler for the majority of that time the one thing i remember is like in 2005 2006 i was at um, nashville and they were wrestling in a fairgrounds right and i went to nashville to watch the show and, you know, AJ Styles was there and we asked him what his dream match was. And, you know, he said his dream match was Undertaker at WrestleMania. 15 years ago, he said that.
1: Well, OK, I mean, like we we me and um, Ross, who was on the <laughs> last episode, we kind of spoke about this and we were saying because, like I say, we were already alluding to it. So we kind of spoke about it already. But um, I don't. Um, what's the word? I don't want to kind of shit on AJ's dreams, if you know what I mean, and be like, oh, you know, he does deserve to face the best or whoever he wants to face. He's earned that right. But in terms of looking at it now, I think sometimes you've just got to say that's still going to be in dream territory just because they can't do it anymore. You know, if you were talking 10 years ago, you're talking 10 years ago, then by all means, you know, say, okay, fair enough. But, but now you, I, I, even from AJ's perspective How the hell is he going to get him up for the Styles Clash It's going to look embarrassing You know I think someone could get hurt in this match You know I'm a bit worried But um, but yeah I mean I, I don't want to you know knock on AJ Styles Because like you were saying He's obviously I think, I think the best in the carry, world
0: Yeah I think he can carry Undertaker to a halfway decent match I'm not going to say it's going to be The most epic match in WrestleMania history I don't even think it's going to be Sean and Taker But I think he could carry Taker to a good, decent match. I think he's going to sell for him a lot. And I'm thinking Undertaker's not going to take very many bumps. And and it'll look good. And, you know, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Taker's going to win.
1: When you said about Taker and Sean, though, I mean, Taker, like I said, 10 years ago or however long ago that was now, Taker could still go. You know, so that match made sense and you wouldn't, you wasn't, I don't remember anyone at the time being mad that that was a match, you know, but now you look at it and the fact that even when he comes out now, like he he wore it at Extreme Rules and he's, he wore it again on Saudi, but like his, um, his singlet costume that he wears now kind of goes all the way up to his neck and that's because his body looks wrecked, you know, it's had it. He's an old man, and like, they're still trying to keep this illusion that he's not an old man, you know? And it's just like, come on, call it a day, just wrap him up,
0: you know? So do you think I it's going to be his last match? I was going to say, I can't. Uh, no, Taker's last match? Yeah. Taker's last match isn't going to be until Vince is dead.
1: <laughs> until after Vince is dead, most likely. Yes. That, CM Punk, um, that CM Punk pipe bomb promo kept, kept doing the rounds last week. I was like, oh, I, I I don't like to wish death on anyone, but um, but it made me smile when I saw that circulated. It was quite funny. Yeah,
0: Taker, Taker is one of those people. He retired. He he wanted thirty to be his last match. Vince yeah. keeps throwing money at him and dragging him out of his house. And uh, I can honestly say, if I was an Undertaker, I would not turn down the check. If somebody wants me to pay me five million dollars. To wrestle three times a year, no matter how shitty the matches are, I'm gonna take that five million dollars every time.
1: I don't even think it's just that though. I think with some of these legend status people, I think it's an ego thing as well. Because it's like, oh, he needs me, you know. I can just imagine Taker or Mark being like, oh, he needs me. Oh yeah, yeah, of course I can do it. You know, all he needs is a phone call essentially. I think he would go out there for free. You know, that's my that's my theory. You think he's just in it for the
0: money? Oh, absolutely. I think uh-huh. the number is. I think if they were offering him like, hey, three hundred thousand dollars, I think he'd be like, no, thank you. He's like, yeah. I'll just. I think uh-huh. he'll be like, thank you. I'll just sign autographs for a living.
1: We've had our first disagreement. I think Taker goes out there for free. I think his ego gets in the way.
0: I think. I, he's said too many times that you know. I I I the ego is. Vince says he needs him. Vince says, <laughs> I can't do WrestleMania without you. That's what plays to his ego. If Vince ever told him, we can do this without you, I think Taker would be doing meet, and, doing meet and greets and cashing his checks that way.
1: To be fair, those meet and greets are expensive as well. He was in London like not yeah. too long ago, and he was yeah. about two, two 300 pounds, which is probably about 400 of your American dollars. You know? Yeah,
0: I've paid five hundred the first time I met him, probably gonna be the only time. I paid five hundred bucks and you got Taker, Seth, and Charlotte. Three hundred of that five hundred was Taker.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was gonna say Seth and Charlotte's not a bad lineup to go with that. I would say it, it was a
0: great lineup, you know, and it was just like but it was like a dream to meet Taker and it was just like and he was everything you thought. He's just old and wise, but he's, like, really down to earth and nice, and it was great, but it's, it's expensive. He it was like uh, they did uh, a signing in Houston, and it was 150 for a pitcher, 150 for an autograph. I'd say
1: 150 I think 150 would be a good price because over here, that would probably be about £120, £130, yep. something like that, depending on exchange rate. But I would pay that to meet Takeoff. But I, when he came over here, it was r- ridiculous. It was extortion. You know, it was mugging people off, essentially. But um, I just want to make this clear, because I said it last time, but on the last episode, but um, I was a fan of Undertaker's. You know, like I loved him when I was a kid growing up, because I'm younger than you. So my kind of, I came in on the back of the Attitude Era and then like Ruthless Aggression. And I loved Undertaker back then. You know, he was one of my, arguably one of my favourites. But just seeing him now, it's just kind of like damage limitation to me. You know, and it's, it's like he's hurting his legacy and i just think it's so painful it's to watch. How, you,
0: how i feel about goldberg is how you feel about undertaker yeah
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah uh, yeah perfect that's probably the best way to end that little segue <laughs> um so what else do we have on the show um so here, so this i'm just looking through wikipedia right? this is incredibly misleading because it says the undertaker defeated aj styles andrade bobby lashley eric rowan and r-truth in 22 minutes and that definitely did not happen. <laughs> but anyway, um, what a minute and a half, if that a minute? Incl- I don't know, including entrance. I'm not really sure. But um, <laughs> I mean, him, uh, uh, Goldberg, and this next match was it together all less than ten minutes. You know, your big three old talent stars all were out there for less than ten minutes, and this was uh, Brock Lesnar defeating Ricochet in a minute and a half. <laughs>
0: So I have this theory: the more pigment you have in your skin, the less time you get with Brock Lesnar. So <laughs>
1: that's terrible.
0: So, uh, uh, Kofi Kingston got eight seconds because he's the darkest of them, us all, and Cain Velasquez has got what a minute and fifteen. I guess he may be a little darker than Ricochet because he got a minute and a half. But <laughs> if you have no pigment, like Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, probably Drew McIntyre. You get ten to fifteen minutes with Brock Lesnar.
1: <laughs> Drew McIntyre is gonna gonna have a an absolute classic <laughs> with him. That's yeah. gonna be
0: hilarious. Um, it, it, it's just crazy. I'm like, it, it's just crazy. It's like the whole thing with Brock, and this is kind of written into. Uh, the canon of WWE is that Brock has problems with small guys. Apparently, he has figured out that problem because the last two small guys he's re- well, actually, I can't say the last two. He beat Kofi in eight seconds. His match with Ray went uh, about 10 to 15 minutes, right? Yeah, that was that was quite a good ball. one. Yeah, I yeah. Think
1: that was quite
0: a good one. The one with Ray. I mean, I never yeah. thought he would win it, that thank but but ricochet who's one of the best athletes in the world and super fast probably the best athlete on the wwe roster apparently can't avoid brock lesnar for a minute and a half yeah he didn't even
1: get any uh, offense in either i think that was kind of a problem for me because it was um he runs at him like immediately and then just gets swatted out of the air and then the rest of it was suplex suplex f5 done You know, that was the match, essentially. Yeah, like,
0: what small, quick person would go straight at Brock Lesnar? That didn't make sense. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, it was a frustrating one. I mean, it was a filler match, don't get me wrong, because, like, everyone expected Brock to go over. There was no way Ricochet was winning this match, you know. But um, at least give him something, you know, like a move at least. You know, he didn't even get any offense in. That's what I found a little bit frustrating with it personally. But, um but, yeah, I mean, everyone expected um, Brock to win anyway. So, But out of the three matches, or the three old-timers, like I was saying, this was probably the best one. Because um, what you were saying about the little guys and, you know, Ricochet's athleticism, you know, he, is, he made him look a star, you know, like even more than he already is. He, sell, he sells the F5 so friggin well. Um, and, yeah, he just made Brock look an absolute beast. Even more than he already is heading into into Mania, which I think was always the task. So I think as far as that's concerned, Ricochet did what he was there to do. You know, mm-hmm. I was just disappointed he didn't get a move in. <laughs> like anything, just do like an Orange Cassidy and kick him in the shin or something. Just do something, and he um he did nothing. So yeah, a minute and a half, you know. But um I hope the Saudi fans are happy with with what they're getting because it's fucking dreadful for the rest of us. But um. But, yeah, Was there anything else you wanted to talk about on Super Showdown? Because I'm quite happy to I move on. Good. Yeah. Um, well, there was new tag team champions, but you're not watching SmackDown anyway. But Miz and Morrison winning the tag titles off of the new day. But again. I did
0: watch the match on the show, but it was just like, it was nothing to write home about. It was just kind of like a heel win match type thing. Yeah. I feel like they've really flopped with
1: Morrison's return though. You know, when he got when he got signed, the back, everyone was, like, quite excited, you know, online. But then as soon as, like, so his first appearance was kind of in a backstage segment where he opens, like, the Miz's locker room door or whatever. And I was like, oh, they've really dropped the ball with him coming back, you know. And I can't imagine that when they re-signed him that they said, you're just going to be a tag team champion again, you know. I feel like they should have promised him something bigger than that. But, yeah, anyhow.
0: I think he, I think he's there, and like I said, this is me just guessing motivations. This is not. I think he's there. Morrison's purpose is to get the exposure back to try to relaunch his movie career.
1: <laughs> movie. I mean, when you say relaunch, I mean, did he even have one in the first place?
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna tell you, Boom the Ballyhunter Hunter is so bad, it's funny type of bad. But yeah. <laughs> He completely doesn't take himself serious in that movie, and it was fun.
1: Okay. Maybe I need to give that a watch. I haven't even seen it, so I can't even compl- No,
0: it's, it's a bad movie, but it's just kind of funny bad.
1: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, then. So that was Super Showdown. Uh, let's stick with WWE just for a sec, and then we can talk AEW and actually enjoy this podcast. Um, I just want to get some um, previews for Sunday, which will be Elimination Chamber. It feels like the most filler event ever because everything is incredibly predictable moving forward onto Mania. Um, But we've got some matches announced. Um, The women will be in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, The winner will go on to face Becky Lynch. So you've got Natalia, Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. Who's your prediction for this one?
0: Oh, well, Shayna is going to kill everyone because she's Shayna.
1: you don't think Sarah Logan's going to win this one? Come on, man. Um, yeah, no, no it's going
0: to be... Sarah Logan's going to get a significant match at WrestleMania. No. I think... She, um, will be, she will be in the Lady Dre.
1: I think, like, Ruby Riot might go down to the last two in this one. Either, like, Ruby or Asuka. Be, like, one of those two to kind of almost beat Shayna, and then Shayna eventually wins. But Because um, I, I feel like Ruby should have a bigger... Role now that she's come back because she's quality. My prediction for Ruby X is actually that she'll win Money in the Bank, which I believe is the month after Mania. Okay, um, yeah, but I feel like she's going to be a shoot for um for the Money in the Bank Women's, but we'll see. Um, three on one handicap match for the Intercontinental title. I don't even know how this works because it's Strowman versus Nakamura, Cesaro, and Zayn. So does it mean whoever pins him wins the title? I just don't understand. So um, there's that. Who, who you got for that?
0: Um, I'm going to go with Strowman just because, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you want to do logical, the three should win, of course. But, no, I mean, Strowman's going
1: to When have WWE ever done logical? Um, I don't. I feel like we're uh, we're kind of going to get Sheamus and Strowman at some point and Seamus kind of will beat him for like, so he gets his grand slam, you know, cause he only needs to do the intercontinental now, I think. So okay. um, that would be my prediction for that. Again, I don't think it's going to fit into mania, to be honest, it might, it might do, but with everything else, that's kind of already rumored for mania. I don't know if that's going to get on there. Um, okay. What else have we got? Um, have you seen raw this week, by the way? Cause some of this is going to elude from raw. Yes, I have. Oh, you have seen more. Okay, cool. Because you can actually watch it live, can't you, where you are? Because <laughs> I have to yes. watch it. I have to watch it the next day mostly because it's on at 1 a.m. over here. So, um, But, yeah, you've got the Street Profits, who are the new Raw Tag Team type champions, and they're going to face Rollins and Murphy in a rematch. So, yes. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. That was, uh, as far as the show, uh, the crowd super into it. Uh, A friend of mine was like, why couldn't they have they done this like two months after they debuted? And I was like, it was building this pop. Uh, those all those weeks of them just doing the comedic bits and basically hosting the show, they built up a fan base, and it all led to last night's win and celebration. And I feel like it was worth. It's like super worth it. They
1: they were really over in Saudi Arabia as well, randomly, and I, I just. I couldn't get that at all. Like I saw, like in a crowd, someone had a big sign with like the red plastic cup on it, and I was like, <laughs> "Good for you guys! You know, the street profits are over in Saudi Arabia." It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But um, yeah, I, I imagine they'll continue and beat Seth and Buddy, or or he's just Murphy now, isn't he? He doesn't have Buddy at the start of each. Yeah, game. he's just Murphy. He got Cesaro'd, um, or Rusev'd. But um, yeah, so. No. With the match that took place at Saudi, Seth and Buddy, or Seth and, Seth and Murphy, sorry, um, they went to do a double pedigree. I don't know if you remember this or saw this. Maybe it's just me speculating, right? But at the moment, there's no Triple H match on WrestleMania. And I'm quite surprised by that because Triple H is still at his like, physical peak. You know, he, he'd be the one out of the legend status that can still go and that you'd still probably want to watch. Um,
0: I think there is no triple H match at WrestleMania,
1: so I've got this theory, right? Because Seth Rollins was talking the other week, like in one of his sermons, about like a potential another member of like his little faction. Um, I'm just gonna throw this out there, I think it could be Triple H, you know. I don't know, I just got a funny feeling Triple H could be a part of this, and then we might get. I don't know. How many weeks have we got till Mania? I don't even know if they'd be able to tell the story in time. But you could have, like... I don't know if they'd do Seth versus Triple H again. Would they? Actually, if in typical WWE fashion, that's exactly what they'd do.
0: So, yeah, it's about five weeks till Mania. But they will not do Seth versus Triple H. I don't think Triple H is going to be on this one. I mean, it makes sense
1: that Triple H isn't on the show because, like, he doesn't need to be. He needs the hardest working person, you know, in wrestlemania week so um yeah i would much rather him sit one out personally but then i'd rather see him over taker or i'd rather see him over goldberg you know because i'm a triple h yeah. fan as well so um that's a bit disappointing for me so maybe i'm just clutching at straws and trying to make him fit if, in somewhere
0: if you give me triple h versus anyone i want it to be adam cole for Stay the day. nxt Bye baby yeah.
1: We have a rule on this podcast. You cannot say Adam Cole without following it up with Bebe. Bebe! Yeah, I was saying that like Finn (laughs) Balor made made sense to me for a Triple H match because you could say, like, oh, Finn left NXT to go off and do other things at the main roster. And now he's come back, you know, as if to say, oh, we weren't good enough for you before. Why have you come back? You know, you could kind of tell a story that way with Triple H and Finn. But um, I guess we wait and see. We've got a few weeks to go. But um, but yeah, this is the chamber anyway. What have I missed? Is there anything else I've missed? Um, so the other elimination chamber match is so underwhelming. I was actually baffled when they announced this. You didn't, you must not have seen it because they announced it on SmackDown. But it's um, the SmackDown title.
0: They, they they talked about it on Raw last night.
1: How oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. I'm a little bit underwhelmed by this. I can't see anyone else winning it. Um, so you've got New Day. Um, Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party randomly, and then Ziggler and Rude. I can't see anyone else winning this other than Miz and Morrison right now. Um, And I reckon they'll go against the Usos like properly at Mania. I don't know. What do you think? That would be my
0: guess. I think it would be a triple threat or a four-way at Mania, personally.
1: So who else are you putting in there then?
0: I'm probably putting the Usos, New Day, and then Miz and Morrison.
1: I was going to say, because I feel like Otis is going to, they'll probably eliminate each other, Otis and Ziggler, with the whole Mandy sort of stuff. So they can mm-hmm. kind of, they can still kind of tell a story in this chamber match. Um, <laughs> you haven't listened to the last episode, but I've been predicting it'll be Otis versus Ziggler with Mandy on a pole match. Um,
0: Dude, that's, <laughs> worth some, that's worth the price of admission right there.
1: You know, but um, probably a pre-show. it will probably get a pre-show. But um, yeah, we were speculating whether or not she'd be like in a shark cage or something. But I was like, Mandy on a pole. That makes the most sense to me for some reason in my stupid little brain. I thought that would be hilarious. But yeah, um, there are two other matches. You've got Alistair Black and AJ Styles. No DQ. I imagine Undertaker is probably going to come out, cause some bother to kind of add a little bit more fire to the Mania option. Um, and then you got Andrade versus Carillo for the United States. So, are you going to watch yeah, yeah. this live?
0: He's uh, going to drop his belt to Corio. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think for punishment for you know the failed drug test thing.
1: Uh, that's that's a fair assessment. I didn't think it would be until Mania personally, because I thought so. You know that tag match that was on Raw. I feel like it would be those four in a Fatal Four Way for the title so you might get um gaza go over maybe i feel like either carrillo or gaza need to win it rather than ray um because you need to start building some new new stars you know i love yeah. ray. i met ray in the summer last year actually and he was a top guy proper went out of his way for me and everything absolute hero in my book so um but yeah are you gonna watch the chamber live you're gonna watch this one
0: i am going to watch the chamber live
1: Awesome. I'm going to watch it live. I mean, I'm in work Monday, but um, I should be all right. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be all right. But um, let's hope for a good one. Let's hope it's worth staying up for. So, um, yeah, anywho. So, anything else you want to talk about WWE before I move this on?
0: Let me think. Well, yes, my man crush is Drew McIntyre. I think he's, oh, like, the most handsome guy ever. It's well, other than He's a a close second to The Rock. (laughs)
1: The Rock.
0: Have you met The Rock? I have not. I have been within about 10 feet of The Rock. But that's as close as I've ever gotten to him. So you know when...
1: Sorry,
0: carry on. I was going to say, if you go back to WrestleMania 19, and let's say you're a VHS or DVD collector, and they're showing, like, the extras, there's this part where The Rock is cutting a promo on this guy in a mohawk to the right of him. You will see Floyd. <laughs> not You're because not the one with the Mohawk. <laughs> the Mohawk is my friend Matt, who I was standing next to as he was getting a promo cut on him by The Rock. Oh,
1: wow. Oh. Well, do you know the story about why this is called the White Lion and Friends podcast? You probably do uh, by now. I feel like everyone should know this by now, but I don't think I, we spoke
0: about I've it. I've heard it. I don't remember it. So retell yeah. me.
1: Okay. Well, I haven't, I haven't spoke about it since the first episode. So um, we're now on episode six, I think. So, um, but yeah, I met the rock um, whilst he was in London filming fast and furious. Um, And he was, I I live just outside London. So like on the fringes, and he was training in like a new state of the art gym that was built like in my town. Um, So long story short, my mate messaged me that he went to the gym. So he messaged me saying, Oh, the rocks here or whatever. So I went down. And literally only waited outside for like a few minutes, not even that long. And then like he came out, took pictures, signed autographs for like everyone that was there. There was probably only about 10, 20 people there, so he had a lot more time to give you, if you know what I mean. If you went to like one of his movie premieres, obviously you're not gonna get that time. But um I wore, so if you remember his old school white Team Bring It t shirt, mm-hmm. I um I, I wore that one. And this was after my first mania. So my first mania was Roxeno in uh, Miami that mess mania 28 and literally me and my friend only went to that mania because the rock scene was like epic to us so we were like we have to get there somehow so um I was chatting to him for like a while and um saying about like oh we've gone to mania and stuff and he was like super humble and super like gracious that we've gone you know to watch him and that but because I was wearing his t-shirt so um he wanted to take a photo like with me on his phone so um If you've seen it on my Facebook, it's my pinned tweet as well. And um, so he takes a photo, and then he actually puts it on his Twitter like the following day, and he calls me the white lion in the tweet. So, um, (laughs) yeah, that has been my gimmick name for the last – well, this happened in 2012, so the last, like, eight years. Yeah, I have been the white lion. So there you go. That was the story. um,
0: That is awesome.
1: Yeah, I love putting myself over with that story. People that listen that's, to this have probably gone, oh, that's a great
0: story. Going. I'm like sitting there looking at it, and yeah, that's <laughs> all, awesome.
1: All my friends that are listening to this have probably gone, like, oh, here he goes again. You know, I have probably run this story quite a lot. But yeah, you've, uh,
0: actually, yeah, I've actually like the, um, the day I met you, and or uh, the day I met you, you showed me this picture.
1: Oh, did I? See, that sounds mm-hmm. me. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of an idiot like that. Constantly putting myself over. But, um, hopefully it came up in conversation and I wasn't just being an arsehole and being like, look who I've met, you know, hopefully it wasn't like that. But, um, I mean,
0: in a, when you're in a wrestling line and <laughs> access, that's kind of what everybody talks yeah. about. Look who <laughs> I met.
1: It's like a comparison game, isn't it? Like, but yeah, hopefully I don't sound like too much of a dick with that, but okay. Fair enough. Anyway. Um, yeah, you were talking about, uh, drew, um, Do you think Drew McIntyre wins at WrestleMania?
0: If if not, I'll cry because that's literally the only reason I'm going to WrestleMania. Where are you sitting? (laughs) Like, the card is shit to me. (laughs) But I've been a Drew McIntyre fan for a few years. And when he came back to the WWE, me and my friend Ryan on the show, we did a, if you could build the WWE around one guy who you would build it around. And I said, Drew McIntyre. And I have fully planned on not going to this year's WrestleMania. I actually was going to go to Tampa do all the other shit. And then go watch it with uh, like a group of friends, right? At their house or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so I had no plans to watch it. I was at the Royal Rumble. And... I had no idea what was gonna happen, and then Drew won, and I was like, that day I posted, oh, they just they just sold their ticket to WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what what um what did you spend on your ticket?
0: I haven't bought it yet. <laughs> oh, so you haven't actually, I actually got. I have it. my uh actually have my VIP for Drew McIntyre on Monday, but I haven't bought my WrestleMania ticket yet. Me and Steve are gonna. The plan is to buy our tickets where we can sit next to each other and we're going to buy them in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, there's, there's lots going. Like It's not like last year. With New York last year, I think because a lot of um, – well, we call them ticket touts here, but I think you call them like scalpers or something. But um, yeah. they, With New York, because it's more of a metropolitan city, like a big city, um, the, the touts bought a hell of a lot more tickets, and then everything was really high-priced. But this year, it looks like you can get anything that you want. Because um, I've got a VIP for uh, Rio. And Keith on the Sunday morning, and uh, I never, n- I never get access to VIPs ever. You know, I've only done, I did Ronda last year. Well, I didn't even get it. My friend John, shout out to him. He managed to get me Ronda last year, and I also got Seth Rollins at Mania 34 by accident because they printed my ticket wrong. <laughs> so they put Seth Rollins VIP on it when it was meant to be general admission. So that was a win. But um, but normally I don't bother because I feel like they're really high priced. Considering you could go the following year and they could be on general, you know. Uh huh. But yeah, I've only got Rio at the moment. I'm at Access on Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning at the moment. But I'll probably yep. end up getting because we're gonna wait because with us, I don't know if it's the same with you, but on Ticketmaster, the fees are really high, really expensive. Uh-huh. So you buy a ticket for like fifty five dollars, but then the fees will make it more like seventy five dollars. And we were saying, you know, if we buy the tickets out there or if we get them on resale websites, you can avoid all the fees. So we were kind of just waiting it out a little bit because there's going to be like six of us going in this year. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably end up there Thursday and then the Friday earlier session because I'm going to SmackDown. So. Um, but I will also be at WrestleCon on Saturday, if you're heading there, um, to do doing... Jericho.
0: I'm doing WrestleCon Friday. I'm okay. thinking about doing it. I got Bullet Club Block Party Saturday, but I'm still thinking about doing Jericho too.
1: Yeah, so I've got Jericho pre-booked already, but I might book Mox because he's doing pro photos now, so I might get one of those. And then Friday, um, Omega, I believe, is the headliner,
0: so I might I get him. I got Kenny Omega Friday. Yeah, I got yeah, that one. So I, I literally get... just bought that one four hours ago.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there, like, was it quite easy to get still? There's still plenty available, yeah?
0: Yeah, I got the morning session.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, I've got to see what I'm going to do on Friday. You know what Mania Week's like. It's always one mad rush. Once the um, yeah. the general admission access comes out, I think they said it's going to drop on the 23rd of March. They're going to announce who's where. Um, so once that comes out, you can kind of plan who you want to see and what you want to do, so... I'm going to wait till then, I think. But, um, but, yeah, I'm waiting for the Doctor as well, Britt Baker. Hopefully she's on WrestleCon at some point. Because I imagine she'd be in Tampa, right, supporting Adam Cole.
0: Maybe. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: So I'm hoping that she – because apparently WrestleCon, according to their Twitter, they've still got, like, I don't know, like 100 guests to announce before, before it even opens or something. So hopefully she's in there somewhere. But um, I also heard that AEW are starting to pull some people from it. So they've pulled um, Sammy Guevara, who I was interested in meeting. And uh, they
0: Darby.
1: Yes, Darby as well. Yeah, was the other one. So Orange Cassidy's still going to be there, isn't he? Because I might meet him as well.
0: Yeah, I think I saw him on there.
1: Yeah, he's on my list. So cool. All right. So that smooths me. Um, you see what I do there? I'm a good host, do not I, with these segues. So um yeah. Gonna get me onto AEW's um pay per view from the weekend, which was called Revolution. Not our evolution that they um called an NXT takeover once, didn't they? They called it like R with a dash Yeah. evolution.
0: R Evolution, yeah.
1: Yeah, and this one was just called straight revolution. Um you were there. Where about I where was. you sit in? Did you have good seats? I,
0: sit- I was in the hundred section opposite camera side. So like I think we were on screen a couple times, but we were we were on row P so it was a little dark where you were. So you might have saw Tiffany, but you definitely didn't see me.
1: So yeah, because I saw you on the Kansas one. That's why I kind of wanted to speak about that first, but I didn't see you on this one. Um but you were saying that you were, were you were wear level 100 so that's what the equipment Yeah, was.
0: like 100 you remember uh where Chris Jericho and uh uh Chris Jericho and uh Moxley were kind of battling up the stairs
1: Yeah 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 so Yeah country. they were
0: about 10 rows away from us that what? they were on our section about 10 rows away from us
1: That's cool so i've heard that AEW's ticket in is incredibly um, reasonably priced
0: can you? Absolutely. Yes, yes, it is. It is like it is like a new grocery store that comes in and charges way less than everyone else to try to drive them out of business. Yeah. yeah um, like our tickets were in the hundred section. I think I think they were like 60 bucks a ticket. That's quite good. You know, I mean, um, for, a pay-
1: for a pay-per-view, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've paid I've paid a hundred pounds for my WrestleMania ticket and I am two rows from the back of the top tier. You know, I'm effectively on the roof. So when you look at it like that and put it into context, you know. How much was – Um, you went to Double or Nothing last year, didn't you?
0: Yeah, going how this much? year also.
1: How are you? Are the tickets on sale for that already then? Have they gone? Yeah,
0: I already got oh. my ticket. Did not know a, okay. I think I'm like fifth or sixth row floor.
1: So how much did you pay for that one?
0: Uh, I think it was 210 for both of them. So it was 105 a piece. Oh, okay. That's good as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. They're really good tickets. Yeah. Like, there's a ticket called the Super VIP ticket, and that's guaranteed first three rows. You get to take the chair home. You get a picture with the AEW belt in front of the ring, and you get to get in the show early. That ticket's only 299
1: That's Again, that's reasonably priced. When you look at like what we were saying earlier about just a meet and greet with The Undertaker or like these access VIPs are ridiculously priced in comparison to going to a full show, you know? Imagine. Yeah. Anywho, you were in the building for AEW's Revolution. Um, yes. By the way I, I do have it, literally
0: been to every pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you actually been to them all so far? So
0: all, all so far. So, I don't
1: know if you saw my tweet last week, but it was it was around the same because it was building up to this... Wrestling Week, I was saying I feel like the UK will get an AEW pay per view before we get a WWE one. You know? And uh-huh. I'm, I'm talking in terms of like a big pay per view, not just like a throwaway well, pay. They
0: only do four pay per views a year, so everything yeah. they do is a big pay per view.
1: Apparently as well, there was um, Cody was asked during an interview at some point recently, like if
0: they've got plans. When if they've
1: got plans to come to the UK.
0: And like he said they will definitely be in the UK by the end of the year. Yes.
1: Yes. Exciting times. I've heard rumors that it might be Royal Albert Hall um, in London, but I don't know if that's going to be true
0: or not. I hope gonna, it is. They tend gonna, to be able to get in the same places that like the NXT shows are. I hope yeah. they get in.
1: Uh, that's an expensive building to hire though. Because um, WWE did their UK tournament there. Um, the second one that wasn't in Blackpool. The second one was in London. And I went both nights and the cheapest ticket was about 50 pounds, which would have been about 70, 60, $70, you know, so they weren't cheap because the venue's so expensive to hire. So it'd be interesting to see if they can maintain their pricing strategy over here. But um, would you be coming to the UK if they do a show here, keep the pay-per-view streak alive?
0: If they do a pay-per-view there, yes. But if they just do a dynamite there, then no. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, even when Raw and SmackDown are here, I only go to the London ones just because they're not
0: oh, really. I am, I am one of the biggest proponents of WrestleMania in in, in uh, the UK of anybody. If they do it, I will come. I will have. I will bring my wife. We will probably <laughs> if- make it a two week vacation, and we'll just spend one week doing touristy shit, and then one one week doing wrestling shit.
1: If they build it, he will come.
0: Yeah, no. Come uh, um, for that one. Because you've never been to the UK, right? I've never been to the UK. Uh, I wanted to come for Progress Super Strong Style 16. Okay. Yeah. I've always wanted to. Uh, I've always wanted to see that, but it's too close to Mania. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I would. I would basically have to choose not to go to Mania. So, and then by the time I was really ready to come, all the people were with WWE anyway. So. Yeah, they all got signed to NXT UK pretty much. But,
1: yeah, no, just an FYI, it will cost you a fortune because London is one of the greediest cities in the world. So, um, but, yeah, hopefully we get an AEW show soon. I've got my T-shirt ready to go. I bought my T-shirt whilst I was in Vegas to see Lady Gaga, but um, I made a separate um, a separate uh, trip to the uh, outlet to go and the, the Las Vegas fight shop. Did you go oh, there? you went
0: to the fight shop? Yeah, I went to... When I was in Vegas, I went specifically to the fight shop.
1: Yeah, that's what I did to get my AEW t-shirt. So um, yeah, I've just—I mean, I wear it every now and then. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's—you know—it's better when you wear stuff to shows.
0: (laughs) So um, I'm just trying to sort out my wardrobe for uh, for WrestleMania. I I have roughly 300 wrestling shirts, so I wear them all the time. That's crazy.
1: I haven't actually had a count up, but I know I have three wardrobes full of wrestling merch wrestling
0: style. yeah mine was the only reason i counted because me and my me and my wife wanted to know because pretty much my whole her uh most of the closet is in my wrestling shirts to the <laughs> point where she instead of buying new clothes she just wears my wrestling shirts because why not? like i won't yeah i won't even know if, they, if they're gone or whatever <laughs> but uh how many yeah. are cody how, cody 17 Cody
1: shirts. shirts. Well, wow. I thought I had a lot. I haven't got 17 of one person. I don't even know. Who I, I have, have the most 17
0: of. Cody shirts, and I think I have the most. I think is Becky. I think I have like 19 or 20 of Becky shirts. Has,
1: have they even made 19 Becky shirts?
0: I've only got Actually, three. I've got three. Yeah, crazy. I buy a lot of Becky shirts.
1: You do. You do. Um, cool. Um, Aew. Then I'll keep alluding to it. We're going to actually get to it now. Uh, oh, yeah. With, Excited. What was your favorite part? Start with what you want to start with because you were there. So
0: my favorite. I mean, my favorite part, of course. Okay, so there is a lot of different ways to say this. I loved Cody's entrance. Don't get me wrong. Thought that was great. But my favorite thing was the tag match. I mean, I am a huge proponent of tag team wrestling uh, i think that's my favorite part of wrestling is tag team wrestling so this match a lot of people have said well dave melter has said your favorite person dave melter your boy <laughs> my boy i <laughs> love that yes he said that this was the greatest american tag team match he's ever seen and he said it is definitely probably the best tag team match he's seen in America in the last 20 years. I don't personally agree with that statement, but if we're throwing out snowflakes, is I think that's what you call stars or star, snowflakes. Throwing out snowflakes, I gave it the full five because the match was amazing. It, they, it had all these separate stories it was telling. The Young Bucks versus Kenny, and his friend Hangman, Hangman doesn't want to be a part of the elite, but he's stuck, you know, I mean, he works for them in essence, so they don't let him leave the elite, and, you know, and you find out that, you know, Young Bucks in the build, you find out the Young Bucks think of him still as that Jabba from ROH, and that he should be grateful for everything they gave him, and Paige is just trying to make it on his own. It was just so many stories. And then there's Kenny, who's stuck in the middle of it, you know, because he's a part of the elite. But him and Hangman somehow have this magic chemistry as tag team champions. It really is... I don't know how much your listeners keep up with this, but it really is Hangman playing the role of Kota Ibushi. Okay.
1: Um,
0: I have to say,
1: I'm not. I'm not too... Clued up with what's going on in New Japan. I only watch, like, Wrestle Kingdom, pretty much. Um, oh, okay. And I, well, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just not no, something no, but... that I can get into. I know that sounds kind of weird, but New Japan, I know it's really good, and I would love to sit and watch more of it. Don't get me wrong, but um, I prefer the American presentation of it, of wrestling. That's just me. Oh. That's just how I've always kind of been. Because I don't even watch oh. a whole lot of British stuff either, you know? Because um, yeah. I, I just prefer... For me, like what you're saying about um about wrestling earlier, you know, talking about like the superstars and stuff, like they're heroes, you know. I just feel like yep. um I just feel like the Americans portrayed that better than anyone else, you know, because it's like just razzmatazz land, isn't it? So, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I echo your sentiments, um, not necessarily Meltzer's uh sentiments, but um, so this match was the longest match on a card by a good sort of six minutes or so, so um. They put a lot of time into it, right? And and,
0: you no, know, it didn't feel long. I actually watched no. it in, this morning, and it was just like there was zero rest holds in the whole match.
1: So and, I was about to kind of say that the whole pay-per-view for me didn't feel long at all because I watched it on Sunday evening when I got home from work, and um, I started at about kind of 10 p.m. my time, and I didn't finish it till like quarter to two but I didn't feel like I'd been sitting there for four hours. You know, I was like, Oh, this is actually really good. (laughs) I really enjoyed it in general, but this match, right? So the young bucks, I know you're a big fan of the elite and all the rest of it. Yeah. But I've never, I've never been sold on them. Like I've just kind of seen them as like kind of just spot guys, you know, in the past. And I've never, since the AEW stuff has started though, because I've always been aware of their existence. Don't get me wrong. But like, I've never really been a fan. But since AEW has started, I've got behind them more because they've now that they're doing storytelling with it, I get them now, you know? And their matches for me are more entertaining now that they're telling stories in them. Whereas before it was just a case of, oh, we're going to do this crazy stuff, you know? And I couldn't get into that because it just felt like, like I say, just like a spot. And, you know, I didn't enjoy that as much. But with this match in particular, I love the story going into it with... um Hangman and um, Kenny and the Bucks and stuff, because it was like there was like you were saying earlier, or like just a couple of minutes ago, there's so many like kind of different little bits that they could tell through it. You know, if that makes yeah. any sense. And I think they needed that allotted time to be able to do it. So, um but I didn't think I didn't think Kenny and um Hangman were gonna win. I thought the Bucks were gonna win.
0: I did. And I did too. Hangman was way more over. In the crowd than anybody else. They have done a really excellent, almost perfect job of building the Hangman.
1: Yeah, they seem to love him. Like he's one of my uh, my friends' like favorite wrestlers as well. Um, at the moment, yeah, like he's been great. And you know
0: what? Like a year ago, no one would say that. Like a year ago,
1: I didn't even know who he was. I'm gonna be totally yeah. honest. I, I didn't know who he was until he walked through a W, um, an AEW curtain. I didn't know who he was. You know, I know that comes across as a bit ignorant, but the fact that they've been able to kind of show me who this person is and then make me really interested in what he's doing is a credit to the company, you know, yeah. that they have been able to tell those stories straight away because they've not even been in business properly yet for like a calendar year, you know, yet they've yeah, still got was, this investment from me already.
0: He was definitely the least of the... uh the least of the elite like no one knew who he was he was the one that they brought along the storyline has been 100 percent how it was in new japan uh he he you know they would put him in like the g1 or whatever but he'd lose all the time in roh i think the only belt he ever held was like the six-man tag belts with the uh the young bucks he was just that he was the he was the guy. He was like, he was the guy, the young boy. He was the guy that carried the bags. You know, <laughs> he wasn't a star, and it was just like when they announced AEW, and they announced him basically as one of the faces of the company, people like me were like, I mean, that's Hangman, right? And he's cool, but he's not a face of a company guy. I mean, and, he's, he's quite young, though, isn't he? He's like, yeah, I mean, he's, quite- he's like. 728 <laughs> he's about 8 years younger than Cody That's what I mean so
1: like they say on average the average age for a professional wrestler is around 33 they should be oh. at their peak and you think he's at 28 and he's already like cuz he was in a main event as well wasn't he with um Jericho um, not too long ago That was him wasn't it that just so totally yeah. yeah
0: yeah he yeah. was yeah he was uh, the all out he was for the world title That's what I mean so they've obviously
1: put a lot of stock Behind him, you know, at like such a young age, which is again credit to the company, really, you know.
0: Yeah, and I would honestly have told you six months in that they were swinging and missing. It was one of my early criticisms is that they didn't do a good job of building the Hangman. All it was is take pity. It was time for patience. It was like, and I kept telling people the same thing. It was funny because I kept, t- I would say, I don't really like it now, but I want to give it time. And literally six months ago none of the concerns I had six months ago I have now actually f- uh, one concern I still don't think the women's division is up to snuff but I- I'm well I'm willing to wait because they've fixed every other problem
1: I was gonna say like we'll get to that in a second I guess but um what you just you said before you kind of reviewed it was the tag team tag team wrestling has died re- recently you know especially in WWE their presentation of tag team wrestling recently has been a abysmal so um to see them actually take it seriously and give it kind of so much time you know like before like when it first kind of started because when AEW first came on tv they were doing the tournament weren't they for the titles um Mm -hmm. and I mean I'm I'm not the biggest fan of kind of tournament wrestling because it doesn't tell stories really it's just kind of like yeah go out there and do some crazy shit You know, but I feel like now we're at a point where they're actually telling stories now with it. That's why I expected the Bucks to win because I feel like they would eventually. But um, I also think it's good booking from AEW to not put over, you know, the essential directors of the company straight away, you know, because they had that with Cody as well um, when he faced um, Jericho for the title. You know, it was a good idea to not have Cody as first champion, essentially, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, with the result, I was actually quite pleased with the result. I didn't expect it, but I thought it was cool. You know, there were some good moments in this match as well. I loved the – um, it was like – I think it was a triple Northern Lights suplex on the ramp. That was so cool. Yeah, I think- uh, uh,
0: Matt hit Hangman with the triple Northern Lights. Uh, my favorite part was the double knees to Kenny's face. That's called the golden trigger, and that was the <laughs> finisher – that him and Akodo Obushi used to use. Uh, it was just that double knee to the face, so it was a little. It was a little call out to that, and I loved Hangman doing the one wing angel.
1: Yes, actually,
0: yeah. When he went
1: for that, I thought that was cool. I thought that might have been the finish, though. I, I was like quite shocked when they kicked out of that. I was like, because hmm. that's that's probably been my only criticism of um, AEW is that I don't really know any what a finisher is, because <laughs> it's like. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, the super kick in general in wrestling is just like a headlock now. But, I mean, in terms of like – because a lot of this, to me, is a new presentation, you know, because I haven't really seen what they've been up to in Ring of Honor or um, New Japan or whatever. So this is a lot new to me, which I'm sure it would be to a lot of people as well that are watching it on your terrestrial TV, you know. Um, It's a new product to everyone, mostly. But um, that's – my only criticism is that, like – I see a move that looks incredibly devastating and I'm like, that should be it, you know, and then it's not that kind of winds me up a little
0: bit, but um, that'd be my only real criticism. Cause the, I, um, and like I said, the match is more fresh in my mind. He did not kick out of the one wing angel. Actually, Nick uh, broke up the pin. Yeah. So it wasn't actually the,
1: yeah, that's what I'm, yeah.
0: I know yeah, what you the mean. It is, you know, the clothesline that's Hangman's yeah, yeah. finisher. I mean, I could, literally tell you everyone is AEW's finish if you want cuz you know it's kind of my job <laughs> to know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like I say I'm getting used I'm getting more used to it. It's when I see everyone do like a Canadian Destroyer that I'm like that's that move is so cool and it looks so devastating and you're just using it just in the middle of a match. And I think they you said there's need- one well, like the originator of it. Um you'll have to remind me of his name, but the originator of it said that that was that was
0: supposed to be a finish. You know? Yeah,
1: Petey Williams. That's him. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. But yeah,
0: I, um, I use the top rope banished fly as a throwaway move. Like Sammy Guevara hits it to this, and it's just he hits that move, and then like a minute and a half later, he's getting pinned. Yeah. How does that work? That's why like I mean. it's the coolest move in wrestling, and I just <laughs> hate that it's a throwaway move.
1: Yeah. Um, totally unrelated topic. Have you seen those videos of those guys in Walmart that keep doing Spanish flies and and um, Canadian destroyers? Yes, I have. <laughs> They're like my new favourites, heroes of the mm-hmm. internet. They're brilliant. Anyway, um, yeah. So that was that match. That was your favourite match, was it, With the card?
0: That was my favourite match. So again, uh, tag team wrestling, and you know, the result of. One of what would normally be my favorite match. The result kind of made it not my favorite match.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, My favorite match to talk about next. So it's probably not what you think it's going to (laughs) be. But um, I love this because it's everything that wrestling is in terms of like entertainment value. But um, Pac versus Orange Cassidy, I thought was genius.
0: I loved it so much. (laughs) Oh, my God. That match was like... When people's like, they try to tell you what wrestling is supposed to be. Wrestling is supposed to be a fan interactive and entertaining show. That's what Pac and Orange Cassidy was. Exactly. Was it my type of match? No. But (laughs) I, good Lord, it was like how much the crowd was into it actually got me into it.
1: So, again, for me, right, so Orange Cassidy... Again, not really knowing before AEW. So I knew the name, but that was about it. So what I've seen of him is just this cool guy with his hands in his pockets that just don't look arsed or don't look bothered, you know? And then I haven't really seen... When I've seen him do stuff, it's always been kind of gimmick stuff. So do you remember a few weeks ago on Dynamite where everyone was laid out by a ringside and then he just went and laid down with them, you know? So I've kind of loved everything that he's been doing up until this point. And that's why I was a bit sceptical of how the match was going to go down. But there was like, so the match was still built around his gimmick of like, I'm going to put my hands in my pockets. But there was little flurries of, I'm actually going to try really hard now. And now I'm going to be cool again, you know? So that's what I think worked, you know? And you could tell like Pac, for example. And um, I actually, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I actually think it's a credit to his WWE time, where he knows how to like tell a story and sell stuff rather than just be a wrestler, you know? And um the fact that he could work with Orange Cassidy in the sense that he was getting like really frustrated and really wound up with certain aspects of it. I just think it was brilliant. You know, it's like my favorite part of the show. It really made me smile all the way through it actually. So, um, yeah,
0: uh, it's a wrestling TV school. When you go to WWE, it's like, you might not know anything, but you will learn how to put on a, a uh, entertaining match on live TV, you know? Yeah
1: they teach you the television aspect of it, you know, like how to put on a TV show and an entertainment aspect of it. So, but yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. So, um, back to you. What was your next favorite? I feel like I've got a feeling who you're going to talk about.
0: Favorite match would have to be Cody versus MJF.
1: <laughs> and there it is. You <laughs> so just listeners. I mean, I've mentioned Floyd a few times actually over the episodes, but Floyd fucking loves Cody. I can't even, like, I don't think I've ever known anyone that loves someone as much as you love, Cody. You know, apart me and Lady Gaga, maybe, but other than that.
0: Yeah, I'm getting my Nightmare Family tattoo within the next couple of months. Are you really? Wow, that's amazing. I'm not getting it on my neck, but I am getting my Nightmare (laughs) Family tattoo. The biggest story out of this match is Cody this debuts a brand-new, huge uh Nightmare Family tattoo on his neck. Uh, like I said, being 100% honest, uh, Cody is a beautiful man. I don't want the tattoo on his neck because it takes away from his face. I am one of those weird people, and I don't want to offend anyone, but this is about to be very offensive. Neck tattoos and face tattoos are for ugly people because they don't want them to people to look at their face. Cody. i just think uh-huh.
1: that's i just think they're stupid you know like y-
0: yeah. you're not going to be able to get a job <laughs> with that yeah. you know
1: and, and and you're in an
0: in- cody's lucky enough not to have to work you know like a real eight <laughs> to five and go do an you know interview or whatever but so yeah so i just think you know like little wayne has face tattoos Lil wayne's an unattractive man that's okay you know <laughs> post malone okay Fine, Cody, the beautiful man that is Cody Rhodes, shouldn't do anything that takes away from his face. Uh, I'm not, a, like I said, I I am all about, you know, a grown man being able to do whatever he's want his body. I'm not like one of those people that's offended by it, but I am just like, it, it's just not my, it's not something to me. He needs. I'm like you. He doesn't have any tattoos on his shoulders or his arms it would have been perfect right there. You know what I mean? So yeah. He's got the yeah. dream one, as
1: not he? Across his, like, pectoral. Um, yeah,
0: so he has the dream about this pectoral. I actually yeah. thought about getting a tattoo uh, in a simul area that says Nightmare on it, but I decided not to. But uh, Have you got any uh, tattoos? Uh Huh? Have you got tattoos, like, at the moment? Yes, I have a WrestleMania 19 tattoo. Oh, I have okay. the old-school WWF logo tattoo. And I have a Florida State symbol on me.
1: I was not aware of that. You'll have to show me those when we're in Tampa. I, did, I have yeah, not seen them. I
0: it. show you. Yeah, I plan on getting my other shoulder. is going to be dedicated to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. And <laughs> on, on my arm, the only tattoo that's going to be visible, no matter what I'm wearing, is going to be my nightmare family tattoo.
1: Oh, that's cool. Hopefully, if you show it to him, he might call you in the ring. Next time you go to Dynamite.
0: I mean, he knows he knows my name and he knows me, so. Yeah, you've met how many times have you met him now? Uh, I have t- 13 okay. times. Yeah, that he should know you by now. <laughs> where I have photos. It's probably about 20 times unofficially, like where I see him like walking down the hall and he'll just kind of wave or at a show yeah. or something. I mean, I've only ever met him as
1: Stardust when he was at Access. That's really frustrating to me. When you think of what he's become, you know, it's like Stardust was like a shell of his former self, you know,
0: it's embarrassing. So, so the picture I actually, and you know, want to know something funny. Stardust was one of my favorite versions of Cody. And the picture I have above my TV in my living room is Star, uh, one where uh, Rob Schomburger did a special Stardust versus uh, Green Arrow picture, right? From the SummerSlam. From Slam. the, the SummerSlam. And it's signed by Cody and Stephen Amell. Oh, that's cool. That's actually
1: cool. That would probably be worth quite a lot, you know. Is it personalized?
0: I, I mean, no, they didn't put my name on it, but they just yeah, signed so their names.
1: It'd still be worth a lot more. When I met Ronda oh. last year, um, when I met Rousey last year, she had to sign everything personally because they didn't want anyone selling anything on. So. That's
0: oh, Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so, I've, yeah. I've got
0: a yeah, and I met him this weekend, so that was cool. Who, sorry? Stephen Amell.
1: Okay, he was he at the convention thing? He
0: was at the convention. Yeah, I did a, a photo op with him.
1: Because I saw that the convention actually had a sponsorship place on AEW, didn't it? It was on like the second um, turnbuckle pad, like the middle yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So that was quite cool. Um, yeah, I, the, that Chicago Comic Con looks
0: mad. It literally looks like one of the best comic cons in the world, other than maybe uh, San Diego. Uh, if they're from what I understand, that this is supposed to be like a yearly thing. So I will be very excited to be at like next year. I plan on cutting down a lot of my other wrestling stuff and just really focusing on AEW. So you know, I'll yeah. do more at the uh-huh. shows.
1: Like I say, I mean, these meet and greets and things do really add up. You know, it gets a bit crazy at times. I um...
0: really, really do. I am. It, it, and, and for me, who's used to doing like 20 to 25 every like sh- event, it's like I'm doing now, I'm trying to keep it down to like two or three. And then it's just like, just get the people I really, really want. Like at WrestleCon, I'm going to meet Charlie Caruso. And then, i'm gonna uh,
1: try and get her as well actually i love myself a bit charlie
0: yeah I'm yeah and, and uh, kenny omega i'm just not i'm not doing too many and it's just like i think people always say how can you afford this i'm like it ain't always easy it's just <laughs> now you know now i'm just making decisions
1: it's all about putting in the work to do what you want to do in life do you know what i mean because this is what people don't realize about wrestling fans. It's like we don't really do a whole lot else. <laughs> you know, like we, we go yeah. to wrestling and that's pretty much it. But, yeah, um, cool. Who else did you meet at the show then? Because I saw the, the Nightmare family were there. I saw the
0: Elite were there. saw Moxley were there. I, now, like, who I got pictures with Cody and the Bucks, but I was Sammy Guevara, Sonny Kiss, Dustin Rhodes, we were in the same hotel as them. So they were literally just walking around the hotel as we were walking around the hotel. A lot of time with Tony Schiavone, Renee Young came in for uh, John Moxley. We ran into her, got to say hello to her. Uh, uh, Lexi Nair, I guess this DDP stepdaughter, uh, Dasha Fuentes, like, like literally these are people I actually saw and talked to. Uh, Christopher Daniels came into the bar that we were sitting at. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Like, the, pretty much the whole AEW roster.
1: This is the thing, isn't it? When you go to a city for a big show, because Mania is somewhat similar. I mean, not in the metropolitan cities, like I say, N- New York, you haven't really got a shot. But um, I heard a lot of stories about New Orleans the year before where people would be in a bar, and then all of a sudden, like, Paige would just wander in, you know, with Lana or something, and you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're getting a free meet and greet. You know, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled if you go to shows and cities and stuff. So, yes, but we were on MJF and um, Cody. So the match itself, did you like it? Is it up there for you?
0: It was very much uh, like Cody is 80 Southern wrestling guy. And the story that was being told in this match was it was all about him getting his hands on MJF. And literally the first three or four minutes, MJF ran, ran, ran. Even Wardlow got in the way a couple times. And then it built all to that final moment where Cody got his hands on it. I tr- can truly say, which a person that criticizes Cody not very, lo- l- very little, that moment when he finally got his hands on MJF, I don't feel like they built up enough. It should have mm-hmm. been like, like a really giant big right hand the first time he got him or something.
1: Yeah, because I mean, the story building up to this, when you think like, you know, the 10 lashes on TV and the cage match and, you know, all these other bits and pieces like the low blow at the last pay-per-view and stuff, you know, it has really got personal, you know, in the sense that like everyone kind of wants Cody to get his hands on this guy, you know, so um, yeah, I kind of agree in a sense. I mean, I I thought the match did what it was supposed to do, especially with like the element of MJF bleeding. Because you don't really see that a whole lot in, you know, WWE or whatever. Like you don't see that kind of. Because um... I feel like when you get a bit of blood involved, it makes it feel that little bit more real, you know. I don't think they need to go silly with it because that at that double or nothing match with um, Dustin, I think they
0: both like bled too much, you know. It was a little bit. You know, almost... let, me, you, I, let me tell you a big shocker about that w, double or nothing match. Cody didn't bleed at all
1: oh he just had Dustin's blood all over him
0: <laughs> yes Dustin actually nicked himself too deep when yeah. he bladed and he was gushing blood to the point it covered Cody it Cody did not bleed one bit in that
1: match it literally looked like he lost like half of his body mass of blood you know it was ridiculous but um yeah, but I think Cody, a little bit uh, every now and then looks all right like MJF's kind of had dried out by the end of the match, if you know what I mean, or the sweat had washed it away as well. So it looked a little bit more, because like if, if you saw like a real fight and you saw someone get busted, you wouldn't see them flow like they would in a wrestling match, you know, like with Dustin, for example, you'd see them just a little bit, like there'd be a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, and I think that's what was better about this one personally.
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. And I just thought the storytelling and the ad uh of this match was great. I liked Wardlow being there. I did not like Brandy being there. I thought I felt like the outside of the ring was a little cluttered. I think it should have been just Arn and just Wardlow. But you know they had the part of her throwing the water and it building up but it was just like it just felt like too much was going on outside of the ring. But I thought the in-ring work was great. I liked MJF. Working the emerald lock and working the arm. That's very old school. Uh, I liked when he took off the shoe and bit his toe. Uh, You know. That made me laugh, actually. Has he actually got a
1: broken toe? He hasn't, has he? Is it just made up? Yeah, no, he
0: actually has a broken
1: toe. When he came off the cage, he actually broke his toe?
0: Really? I thought that was just like the story. uh, At at C2E2, they were at their panel, he literally took off his shoe and showed everybody his broken toe.
1: Oh, wow. I did not know that. See, that's the exclusive that you get at a con. You know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. no, uh, what you were just saying about Brandy, though. Oh, I love Brandy. I want to see more of Brandy. Um, what's
0: yeah. the what's her you, little group you, called you, where,
1: where she's cutting people's hair off? What's, what's that called?
0: It was called the Nightmare Collective, but they, yeah. got they completely ended that. Oh, uh, I want to see more of that. I like that. After the show, they did announce that uh Dustin Rhodes and q t Marshall are going to be a new tag team called the Natural Nightmares, and they're going to be managed by Brandy
1: oh okay, as long as Brandy's on my t v
0: regularly because I love her, I think she's great, yeah, I loved her cross she's awesome. she's, she she's one of my she's one of my favorite people slash characters. I even want her to be the exalted one. I might be the only one that thinks that, but I want her to be the exalted one i I feel like it'll be Matt Hardy. It's probably going to be Matt Hardy, but I just thought a great swerve is that it ended up being a woman. Yeah, it
1: would be quite cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I like Brandy. I listened to her on um she was on Talk Is Jericho fairly regularly um very fairly recently, should I say? And like they were just talking about the business of it and how she like grew up doing you know like different um because I think she was going to be like a lawyer or something originally, wasn't she? She was going to be in that kind of field, but um. But yeah, I think she's great. Like what she's made of herself, you know. I think she's been fantastic. I'm all about that um, that female empowerment, you know. So um, yeah, and as a big women's fan, um, Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander.
0: Yeah, um, I, uh, I actually didn't I like this bad match. bad for them. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I first really of all, play. they put it behind the, like one of the greatest matches in AEW history. So. Yeah. Before the match even starts, there's this mass exodus to the bathroom. I'll tell you, like 40% of the crowd left before this match. And wow. um, so you get this mass. you hear me, right? Yep, I got you back. Hello. Okay. Okay. So I'll let you get that out. <laughs> I apologize for that. But Don't what worry. I was saying is um, so 70% of the crowd leaves. So The thirty percent, I mean forty. I was like thirty to forty percent of the crowd leaves. The part that's there doesn't care, and they're trying to do everything. And I think they added in. I think they added in a few more spots to try to get the crowd back into it. And apparently, I mean, they just didn't work, and the match was just sloppy in general.
1: I have to say, like, it didn't really grab me. Like, I'm a massive um, women's wrestling fan. It's like my favourite thing about wrestling. And I've been quite into what Chris is doing. And um, she did do a suicide dive. But again, yeah, like, it it felt really flat. But like you say, it's probably down to the placement of it because this did go on after that tag match. So, um, but yeah, I think everyone expected Nyla Rose to win it as well. Like, she's only just won the title. So I imagine she's going to hold on to it for a while. So uh, maybe that played a part of it as well because people would go to the toilet if they feel like it didn't really mean a whole lot, you know, because if there was a chance that Chris could have beaten her, then people would be more like inclined to stay, wouldn't they? um, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's part of it. I'm not really sure. But um, there was only the one women's match on the card, actually, apart from like on the buy-in. But I didn't get to see the buy-in. But apparently um, there
0: was. There was a Britt Baker and Sadie, no, it wasn't Sadie, it was Britt Baker and Penelope Ford against Rio and uh Yuka Sakazaki. How was that? It was really good. It was actually very entertaining. Uh, I, I honestly don't remember who won, which is <laughs> weird. I don't remember who won. Uh, I feel like Britt won. I feel like Britt tapped out. Uh, oh yeah, Britt tapped out Rio, and it was funny because it, it I think it's gonna be the match on AEW Dark tonight. But right. Britt has Rio in the finisher, and Yuka Zakazaki's standing outside the ring just kind of staring at her. Oh right, she didn't even come and I'm in. I'm just like, why did you break up the move? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like something else was supposed to be going on there, like right. Penelope was supposed to be holding her or something. And it was just like, because she was just standing there. Oh, okay.
1: So that's going to be on Dark,
0: you think? Maybe, because it it said Dark, but yeah. You know, I think it's going to be like a one-match Dark.
1: I was going to say, Dr. Britt, she's my favorite in AEW at the moment. Well, once she turned Hill. Once she turned Hill on the boat. That was funny. Um, So,
0: dude, I will actually send you a picture, and you can tell me if you want me to bring it to Orlando. It's a comic book like photo of Dr. Britt Baker. Like oh. they did them all at the beginning of when dynamite was supposed to come out and they did each wrestler as a comic book character and they have one, of Dr. Britt. And I was like, dude, and I just have it. I wasn't going to do anything with it. So I might bring it to you since you like her so much.
1: I'll take it off your hands. I'll probably go and get it signed. <laughs> and yeah. I'll,
0: that'll probably
1: be one of my pride and joys. <laughs> yeah, definitely man. Um, yeah. appreciate that um but yeah she was on the pre-show then um or the buy-in as they call it on AEW. so didn't get to see that um i had a question for you as you were mentioning about everyone leaving for the toilet during the women's match was it was the crowd full was it a sellout oh yeah no there was not an mtc oh that's cool because their tv ones haven't been selling out have they they've been kind of like three quarters full maybe i think from what i can see on tv
0: yeah the paper every pay-per-view except I think out of the four pay-per-views, the only one that didn't sell out was Full Gear Baltimore, and it was literally 97% sold out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at the ticket prices, they should be selling out, really. You know, and if people are getting fed up with WWE like they say they are, well, watch AEW then. There isn't an t- alternative. You know, you're only hurting yourself, you stupid people. Anywho, um, so you actually opened the show with um, Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes.
0: Um, this was. I found this match very entertaining. Uh, I had some people questioning one particular segment of the match, but it was very entertaining. I thought Jake Hager should have had a more dominant victory, but it ended up entertaining me for the whole time that I was on there. So I have really no complaints.
1: Especially as he's still in Bellator, right? Because like, he's an yeah. MMA. fighter. He should be looking dominant, you know. Not to say he shouldn't be on like Brock Le- Lesnar level. But he should be looking dominant against someone like Dustin because Dustin's quite old now. You know, he should be beating him with ease. But um, My favorite part of the match was um, the involvement with Catalina. This was genius to me because, like, all right, so if you're a normal fan watching this and you don't really know much about um, Jake and Catalina, but, like, so just to put it into context for you, when I was in Miami, um, me and my friends, like, accidentally stumbled across the hotel. Like, we accidentally found it and um uh well jack swagger at the time with catalina like walked straight past us and um we just said oh can we get a quick photo and he was really reluctant like he really didn't want to do it but then she was like properly on our side as if to say oh come on you know they're really nice guys you know they've asked nicely and then he took a photo with us but then i got her to take the photo and i felt so bad now and then like when i saw her in the crowd the other night i was like oh there's my there's my photographer she was um yeah, she's a nice lady. If um if anyone's ever met her, she's actually really funny. But um but yeah, just going back to the match, Jake Hager had to win.
0: Yeah, and I like that he he deviated from his WWE style, even though he used some of the same moves. It felt like it was a lot more aggressive and physical, and then the new looks helped him out because he looked like an MMA guy. And then when he, his new ch- like choke out finisher. I thought added to it. My only thing is I I would have liked the match to be close for like eight minutes, but then like the last three minutes would just be him destroying Dustin because, you know, he's I 20 think, years younger in his yeah. athletic prime and MMA fighter.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think the MMA thing is still relevant because he wins by submission. You know, yeah. so I still think that's a relevant factor. You know, it's like he can still go away and do that as well yeah. you know so and because he's not I like that he lifting.
0: plays but it plays in his game uh it's funny like on his ankle lock i hate it because he's so <laughs> tall it's like i mean you know when you're doing an ankle lock and and a, like a real like ankle lock of course you're trying to put your weight all the way down on the leg but even on a wrestling ankle lock you should have a low angle because the more length that you have on the ankle lock, the more room the person has to move. So it's just like his ankle lock always looked horrible to me. I'm pretty sure it hurts because, you know, he's six, seven, 260 pounds of like athletic freak, but it's, it just looks horrible to me. Other than, you know, I mean, I like, like all his other moves, but I think his ankle lock looks horrible. The ankle, look, uh, ankle lock looks more like it hurts your hamstring and <laughs> the rest of your leg. Yes, like it, because he's so, leg. he has you so stretched out. And Dustin yeah. Rhodes is long as it is. So it's <laughs> like when he puts on the ankle lock, he should be down on a knee. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's putting leverage uh,
1: on I do like what Kurt Angle used to do and lock it up like on the floor. Yeah. If you're not going put your legs around it, that was always yeah. quite cool. Because then you can suggest that they're not going anywhere. You know, they're not getting to the ropes sort of thing. So. Yeah, cool. I enjoyed that one actually. That one was alright. Um just two matches left from what I can see. So yeah. um Darby Allen defeating Sammy Guevara.
0: I love Sammy yeah, Guevara. That, that would have been my third favorite match. First of all, Darby super over. It's like as soon as his music started, everyone started chanting Darby. That's cool. And that started becoming like a part of his entrance. And he comes out with the skateboard, and even cooler is like he gets out there, and you know, the thing about grudge matches in professional wrestling is sometimes these people are supposed to hate each other, and then they come out and do a collar and elbow tie up. Uh, Darby knew, no, that ain't gonna fly. He comes in and flies right through the the ropes and attacks Sammy Rivera because that's the guy that you know tried to destroy his throat. So that's what you're supposed to do when you hate someone.
1: Yeah, I like how they keep using the skateboard as well. Because, you know, it's a significant part of Darby's character. And, you know, like Sammy, like you say, trying to take his head off with it essentially a few weeks back. Um, I love Sammy, though. Um, what I want to know is if he's going to ever get his date with Vanessa Hodgins. That's all I need to know from Sammy Guevara right I mean,
0: now. He is a Spanish guy. He should, yeah. but I don't know.
1: I was actually really pissed that he got pulled off of um, WrestleCon, you know. Because I am going to look forward to meeting him. Because I think because he's super young as well, isn't he? And I think like he's going to be like a future. He's 26, you know.
0: I yeah, think he's he, very young.
1: Yeah, he'll be around for a long time, you know. And I think aligning himself with like Jericho as well is
0: only going to make him better, you know. So, yeah, Jericho actually picked them. Uh, I've heard the story from uh, from Sammy. Jericho, like they just kind of met, and he's like, "Oh, you're going to be in my group." Like, <laughs> he didn't even he, see him He, said, it. he, was like, yep, he you. said he rem he reminded him of a Eddie of his age, just cocky and athletic, and he just said, Okay, you're gonna be in my group. And uh, and you know, and it's funny, like the inner circle was pretty much handpicked by Jericho, which is weird.
1: Weird, but it kind of makes sense as because well, you know, like Jericho is a big, big part of AEW's success up until this point, really. So they've probably yeah. put a lot of trust in him. You know, so, and I think that's good as well. You know, that he wants to bring on some of these new guys because he ain't going to be around forever. You know, so. that is that is correct. So that's cool. Um, Darby Allen, though, I mean, coffin drop. Oh, looks, it looks horrible <laughs> every time I see it. It it hurts because I've got like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I've got fucked up back pretty much. And um, every time I see someone take, like, a bad bump, like, on their back, it actually hurts me watching it. I'm like, oh, you bastard. But um, when he took the one on the apron um, at one of the lover shows, I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was. Oh, my God, I was crying at home. I was like, that looked brutal. But um, this one didn't look too bad off the um... – it reminds me of, like, you know when Rey Mysterio does his splash off the top? Yeah. It looks like that, but reversed, like, on his back rather than on his front it looks like that So, um, but yeah it hurts me to watch
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah he's just launching his body at you and that's how you can buy it because it's almost like it's not really a controlled fall it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like wreck- so it, it, it's like a rocket hitting you but it's just all of his body weight so
1: yeah it's cool though it's, it's different yeah. it's definitely different i hadn't seen it before until we started doing it put it that way But it's not my favorite wrestling. (laughs) Like seeing it it hurts. It hurts me watching it. I'm like, oh god.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Darby was on the uh, top rope, and you know, Sammy jumps up and then he hits his Spanish fly. And it was like, oh my god, he just hit a Spanish fly. And then Darby uh, reverses his next move, does that flip stunner, and then does the coffin drop. So a minute away from doing a top rope Spanish fly which was his offensive maneuver, Sammy Guevara, has lost the match, which is so weird.
1: It's very, very strange. I love that um, that like corkscrew stunner thing, that flip stunner thing that they do. Yeah. I actually think that's cool. I remember R-Truth used to do that. Probably, I don't know why he doesn't do it anymore. I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen him do it for a while. Anyway, that moves me on now to the main event of the evening. Um, that was a terrible um, version of our friend... Who's just totally gone out of my brain? Uh, Justin, Justin. Roberts. Uh, <laughs> so we had John Moxley against um Judas, Chris Jericho for the AEW World title. Before we get into this match, I just want to say John Moxley's entrance music is my favourite entrance music at the moment, just in wrestling. The fact that it just it just makes you feel like you want to punch someone. <laughs> you know, it makes you feel like you want to fight. It's just ready to go, you know, it gets you pumping the fact that he comes through the crowd as well is just genius on his part so um yeah
0: it's his it's badass
1: music it is it's literally like i'm going to fight you music i love it um and i also love jericho's music too cuz um so before i did mess up my back um i used to run quite a lot so i used to listen to jericho's podcast and he used to open these podcasts with judas like pretty much every week for like a couple of months and um yeah so i had that history with the song already and then when he first used it in um, New Japan, I was a bit like, because it doesn't have, you know, when like a, an entrance music hits, it's got to have that kind of buzz, as if to say that's who it is. As soon as they come out, it didn't kind uh-huh. of have that when they were in Japan, I felt. But now they've edited it, edited it slightly for AEW, so it just kind of hits, if you know what I mean. Because um, so with the entrance for this one, you had the choir. Um, shout out to the choir, but I cannot remember where you were from. You were from Chicago, Chicago in somewhere. But um, they were singing like the opening bit, weren't they? The first few lines. And then it hit. Dun, 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 dun. And then Jericho came out. I just thought it was she, what's
0: so awesome about that is the girl that did the acapella version. She actually did an acapella version of his song on Twitter and put it all together and they hit her up on twitter to come sing at the show
1: so this is why you're here you are the king of the elite that you know this stuff cuz i didn't know any of that
0: so yeah, knowledge she was actually so yeah uh, she was actually at the pizza place that we went to <laughs> after the show tiffany knew her and i was just like man you sounded amazing and, and yeah and she and i remembered i was like so are you the chick from twitter that did his song <laughs> and she was like yeah And and it was like, yeah, she was just very awesome. That's so
1: mad these days, isn't it? Because I remember I've had this discussion with people that I've met at WrestleManias and stuff in the past where people go, oh, I know you from Twitter. (laughs) It's just such a random way of of knowing someone nowadays, isn't it? So bizarre to me. But yeah, anywho. Um, Yeah, so the match itself, um, I thought it went the right amount of time. I'm not going to lie. I feel like it was enough time. I don't feel like it was too long or too short or anything. I thought it was good. I agree. Um, my only criticism is that eye patch should have been should have come off at the beginning of the match. Um, I had this prediction that Mox was going to like wear it to the ring, like he kind of did, but then be like, as soon as the match starts, he goes, "Oh, actually, I'm I'm fully fit now," you know, and then it shits Jericho up a bit. That's what I kind of wanted to happen, and I just felt that like that came a little bit late. I don't know how you saw that particularly, but.
0: Yeah, um, I thought he was going to do it at the beginning of the match, but I did like how it was because the way it's set up is Chris Jericho's prepared for everything. Whatever your finisher is, he's prepared for it. It's like Kenny Omega never got the one wing angel on him. Uh, the second time Adam Page tried to go for the buckshot lariat, that's when he hit him with the Judas effect because he was prepared for it. Cody, he knew he was going to do a wild jump and he got out the way and Cody busted himself open and he used that to have the advantage over him every match. That's Jericho's thing. He's a step ahead of his person. Uh, The finish of this uh, match, uh, Moxley was a step ahead of Jericho because Jericho thought he still had the advantage of the eye and he was going for that. uh, He was going, he was working eye and he was ready to set up for the juice effect. Moxley takes off the eye patch he now Jericho knows he's got 100% Moxley he still goes for the Judas effect and that ends up turning into the paradigm shift and then he hits the elevated paradigm shift and that's how we go home.
1: I I love the elevated paradigm shift so yeah. a couple of weeks back or a couple of months back now Finn Balor did a version of it not, not with like the double hook but he kind of done it to Gargano like in their build
0: up and yeah, um, this is uh, the 1916.
1: Yeah, but the 1916 should be more like a brainbuster initially, but this one is kind of like an elevated DDT as such. But I think it looks such a cool move, um, and I'm glad that they've mixed it up from like these WWE DDTs days, if you know what I mean, where it's just a double hook DDT. I like that there's a little bit more impact behind it, and I think it does look, I think it does look really cool. But um, but yeah, I was very very pleased with the outcome. Um, he was the perfect pick to beat Jericho. Because like I say, Jericho being the name that he is, is going to draw a lot of eyes to the product. But with Moxley as well, um, you know, with his WWE ties, I don't mean to keep kind of bringing that up, but you, you know who he is, you know, so it makes more sense to put a title on him, you know, and he deserves it really as well. And I just felt like a little bit, not like too emotional, but I had a little bit of a heartfelt moment for him at the end. Cause I was like, you know what the last year or whatever, You've been through shit, you know, the last year or the last two years, especially as he was at towards the back of his contract in um, in the E. Um, you know, the guy deserves it. He deserves to be on the top, you know. So I'm really pleased for him. So um, <laughs> it did make me laugh, though, when he tried to promo afterwards because he had no idea what he was about to say. And then they started playing his music again. And he was like, oh, hey, shit, what's going on? <laughs> that, that made me laugh. But um, But yeah, I'm really pleased for the guy.
0: So you think it was the right yeah. outcome as well? I think it was the right outcome. I thought it was going to still be Jericho, but I am okay with Moxley being it. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways you can go. Uh, he's a super big star. He starred in movies for, you know, the WWE. He, you know, the dude opened up a Twitter, sent one tweet and got like a million followers. He's a name, you know, his wife is, you know, the star the host of backstage on WWE, you know, he's going to have exposure no matter what. So it's just like, you know, you put your you put your title on your top star. He's your top guy in his prime, 30, 34 years old, you know. You know, you're going to have to have your guy. And he's your guy.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, they say on average, like 33, 34 is the, the average age to be at your peak. So by all means, you know. It was the right time to move the belt as well. I don't think people wanted it. I mean, Jericho made sense to be the first champion. But um, where people were saying about, um, you know, WWE's current champions being Lesnar and Goldberg. And then they're saying, oh, but what are AUW doing differently? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a minute. You know, wait for Saturday. See what happens on Saturday and then talk to me about it. You know, because I felt like Jericho was always going to be a stepping stone. Whereas the other two aren't stepping stones, they're just crushing everyone below them, you know. So it makes no sense. But um, but yeah, I thought overall, um, we've spoke about every match now. So overall, um, what would you give AEW? I don't know if you want to do it out of five or ten. I'm not sure how you think. it. okay.
0: If I gave it out of ten, I'd give it a nine out of ten. I don't think it was a perfect show, but it was damn near perfect. Um. I could never give a show 10 out of 10 where Cody lost. It's just, that's just how <laughs> it works. That's that's fair enough. I wonder how Tiffany's feeling <laughs> that he lost. <laughs> uh, we, Tiffany was hurt when he lost. Uh, You know, it's funny because we both did our prediction shows before we both predicted him to lose, but we still didn't want it to happen.
1: And you still, you were still mad that it happened.
0: We <laughs> yeah, were that's still wrestling. mad that it
1: happened.
0: <laughs> that is yeah, but we, we, we just like, you know, when you look at the story going forward, uh, the purpose would be to build up MJF. He's the future star that you're trying to build up. It doesn't make sense for him to just, if he if Cody beats him, the feud's over, right?
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
0: If he uh, wins, and- the feud can keep going on because Cody's still trying to get his revenge. So it just, it, it literally wouldn't have made sense for Cody to win.
1: I think we've, um, they advertised the next pay-per-view during the show as well, being
0: called Blood and Guts. Is that correct? Um, it is actually not a pay-per-view. It's just a special episode of Dynamite. It's on oh. March 25th from Newark, New Jersey. It's their big, their first show in the tri-state New York, New Jersey, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. So it's their first big show there because WWE pretty much has a lot of those arenas unlocked. So getting into that New York area was really big for them. So they're trying to do a big show. So Blood and Guts is going to be their version of War Games.
1: Yeah, because I was going to allude that um, Cody and MJF sort of carries on, you know, with the name Blood and Guts. It's, you know, it sounds like you know, disgusting, didn't it? So you're probably gonna okay. get a stipulation match with them too now, if you know what I mean. Yes. So do you know where it. the name of that
0: uh match came from?
1: which which, which match?
0: Blood and gut. Blood and I have no idea. Hit me. Okay, so Vince McMahon uh after the uh, during a uh, conference call last year, I think it was the Q three or Q two conference call. Uh, they asked, would WWE be looking at going to TV14 to basically compete with AEW? He's like, we're more of a sophisticated re- a wrestling product. We don't need to do the blood and guts stuff that they're doing.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So now it
0: makes sense. Th- and then Cody, the next week on the road too, said he cuts a promo is like blood and guts. Every time we go out there, we give our blood and guts, and he cuts a promo on it. So, as a big middle finger to the WWE, they basically stole the War Games match and called it Blood and Guts.
1: Okay. Well, that'll be interesting. That will probably draw a few eyes to the product. I mean, if you're not watching it already, please watch AEW, whoever listens to this thing. AEW, like, don't get mad. This is what I keep saying don't get mad at WWE and complain that there's nothing else to watch because there is good quality to watch, you know? And you can even watch the the wrestlers that you used to love, you know, being Ambrose, being Moxley, you know, he's your AEW world champion now. There's no excuse to not get into this, you know. And you will find new stars and enjoy new characters along the way as well. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. I, I said that uh, about when Crown Jewel happened, and I got pissed, and I was like, I'm gonna stop <laughs> being angry about WWE. Exactly.
1: I'm gonna
0: exercise the. I mean, for me. Am, and, uh
1: NXT is pretty much become what WWE are kind of holding up on now. Yes. You know. So um, that's carrying them in my mind. It's just it, it's weird to me that they come on the same day because um, who's that guy on Twitter? Is it Brian something? Uh, Alvarez or something? His name. I'm yeah. Not sure. But he puts out every week about like the ratings and stuff, and I know uh-huh. that. You- you know, I said earlier on this on this show about Meltzer and stuff like I like to just watch something for my own enjoyment. I don't feel like it needs to be an us versus them type deal. Just enjoy it. You know, just watch what you want to watch and enjoy it. You know, don't don't keep comparing. If you want to watch NXT, watch NXT, but then watch AEW later. That's what I do. You know, I can't I can't watch either of them live anyway. So I literally just um just catch up with both the following day. You know, it's not difficult. You know, that's my opinion, anyway. But there you go. What does my opinion stand for?
0: That is, I mean, that's my opinion. Also, I am not a us versus them. I am, you know, I'm positive. So my, I, I focus on the positive of my the product that I watch. I'm like, uh, I know when people come want to watch. Uh, if they choose to download All Things Elite, they don't want to hear me talk about NXT the whole time. They want me to talk about AEW because that's what they downloaded was an AEW podcast. So I'm going to talk about everything I like about AEW and everything that is positive and looking forward to AEW and not worry about NXT. I am also very open that if I'm listing my favorite promotions, it's AEW 1 and NXT 1A. There is no... I love NXT. I watch it every week. I watch every takeover. I've been to seven takeovers. I love NXT. (laughs) I just happen to watch AEW first because that is my preferred program. But I still watch NXT. I was
1: going to say, I mean, NXT is my favorite personally. but um, Everyone's got their own favorites, you know, so it is what it is. I mean, my show is called White Lion and Friends Present a Wrestling Podcast, and we just talk about everything of life yes. I mean, I only watch WWE and AEW. I'm a bit ignorant for the other stuff, but I watched Wrestle Kingdom this year. Um, it, was, it was fine. You know, like I didn't dislike it or anything, but and like I say, I just struggled to get invested in some other products. But, um, but yeah, um, so we've been on just a little over two hours from what I can see. Two hours, coming up to two hours, 15 minutes or so. Um, so you just mentioned All Things Elite, your podcast, which I actually do listen to every week. Um, I had a question for you. Is Around the Ring still a thing with Ryan or has that come to an end? Uh,
0: Around the Ring is on a bit of a hiatus. I hope to come back right after Elimination Chamber this Sunday. I would like to do a review show with either Ryan or Dave and get it out there. Uh, just, it's just, Ryan got a little burnt out on wrestling which happens because, yeah. yeah. you know, you're forcing yourself to watch it every week so you can do it for podcasts. podcast. So it, it wears on you. So, you know, I was like, go yeah. ahead and take a little break. Me, I've been watching wrestling consistently for my whole life. So when I get burnt out, I just take a day or two. But some <laughs> most of the time when people get burnt out, they have to take a little bit longer. So, so go ahead and take your time, and we'll get back to it. But oh, uh, it will. I would have loved to announce a hiatus, but it just kind of was like one week he didn't message me and then the next week he didn't message me and it was like, huh, I don't know what's going on here.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I do enjoy I did enjoy that one because you kind of cover more if you know what I mean. But I do enjoy yeah. the um all things elite as well. I've just shouted that out a couple of times. Um your own podcast, can you tell people where they can find that?
0: Yes, you can call to at AT Elite Pod on T- on the Twitter machine, uh, we usually do, like, a monthly contest where we give out, like, a $50 gift card to pro-wrestling tees. Uh, generally, you just have to, like, retweet and comment. Uh, we like to do, we like questions and answers. Uh, we we have an alternating host schedule. Uh, one week, it is All Elite Tiffany, and then the next week, it is Miss Phoenix AEW herself, Amy. Uh, they are very talented and very excited women, and I love talking about wrestling with them. Uh, this is on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, but you can directly just download All Things Elite if you would like. Cool. Um,
1: like I say, I've listened to that one um, quite a lot recently. It's a, it's a good podcast, actually. Like they're, they're nice ladies as well. They sound like cool.
0: Yes, a cool we time, have so. We, we are the show with the proclivity for positivity. They, they, <laughs> you know, they, we really do try to focus on what we like more than what we don't like. And, and that's what, how we're different from other podcasts.
1: Absolutely. Like I say, around the ring as well. Um, do you want to give a shout out for that? If that's going to come yes, back? Yes,
0: it is at around the ring. Okay. On Twitter. It is me and my friend, Ryan. Sometimes it's my friend, Dave, well, this is our this is our smorgasbord of wrestling we cover everything we actually cover a uh, uh less uh, uh AEW because I have a AEW podcast so we more focus on WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, just whatever's hot that week we'll cover whatever news and topics come out different uh wrestlers going from different organizations we just talk about wrestling and it's fun so yeah, definitely catch us on around the ring
1: awesome um what is your own social media info your personal stuff so people can find i you? am
0: very boring my name is at floyd johnson jr on pretty much everything but just follow me on twitter and you can uh see all my random thoughts <laughs> awesome um
1: just a disclaimer, guys, he gives away um, prizes on his podcast. That definitely won't be happening here. <laughs> I, I'm literally just doing this as like a, a bit of fun, essentially, to talk to people that I don't get to speak to, you know, that I might only see once a year or a couple of times a year. So, um, just to,
0: actually, You actually going to do a spring cleaning giveaway in April or May. I haven't decided which one. I'm actually going through my memorabilia, and if I don't, <laughs> I have a place to put it. I'm gonna give it away on the show.
1: Awesome. I look forward to uh, hearing all about that. Um, mm-hmm. so thank you for coming on. Uh, my last question that I ask everyone that comes on here, um, just to kind of go off on, who is your current favorite active wrestler? Cody. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be the answer. Short and sweet. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, no. Uh, Cody. Cody is. He tells. I grew up on southern style professional wrestling. Uh that is his uh that is the way he likes to tell his stories. So his okay. stories are always going to speak to the 8-year-old Floyd inside of me.
1: Oh, well isn't that lovely. Um my favorite active wrestler is the same as it has been on every episode. Um any guesses who you think it might be? Uh
0: I don't know. Uh John Cena. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I do like John Cena. Uh,
1: but no, my favorite active wrestler will be Candice LeRae again for another episode. So um, oh, again, Floyd, thank you so much for coming on. I've actually really enjoyed this one. And I hope uh, everyone, yeah,
0: super fun. Everyone, it's that's
1: been, everyone that's been listening has enjoyed it too. Um, again, check out his, please check out his podcast that he just gave you a shout on. They're actually a, a lot more attentive than this one is. You know, if you're watching AEW, I mean, I listen to them guys every week. And they make me laugh like whilst I'm in the car driving to work and stuff. So they're definitely a good listen. But, yeah, once again, um, thank you for coming on. I will see you in Tampa at some stage.
0: All oh, right, definitely. See you in Tampa, sir.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening again, guys. Um, just a little heads up of what's coming. March 8th um, is going to be your Elimination Chamber. I don't think I'm going to do a review show. I might leave it a few weeks and then do like a WrestleMania and Tampa NXT takeover preview show with someone. So keep an eye out or an ear out for that. Um, Tampa will obviously take place. Um, NXT Tampa, sorry, will take place on April 4th with WrestleMania on April 5th. Um, that's going to be all for me for this episode. Um, we will see you all again down the road. Take care. and Bye bye. Are you' kidding me!